Hello, and welcome to episode 39 of Go for Bronze. On this week's show, we talk about the Alone in the Dark reboot being delayed into early next year. Final Fantasy 16 has two DLC expansions and a PC port in the works, and PlayStation Plus is getting a significant price raise, which is causing a lot of uproar in these streets. I'm one of your co-hosts, Joel Torres, and as always with me is my other co-host, Mark Ace Acevedo. How are you doing today, sir? I'm back in Florida, which I'm happy for. I was in Atlanta over the past like couple of days, and it's a decent drive up from where I am, so a couple of hours on the road. My AC was broken, which sucked nice. ass. It was very warm. <laughs> and it was the kind of it was like a so I drive a 2018 like, Honda Civic. And the kind of AC braking that I'm talking about is like it would start and be cold and then it would kind of just like die out. Like over the course of the trip, it would start to blow less and be warm until it was just pretty much dead. So that like sucked. Also, Atlanta's like kind of a like whatever city. Like if you Damn. listen to Atlanta, like I'm sorry for you. Like there's a couple of nice things there. We went there for we were going there to see a show to see King Cruel at the Eastern, which is fucking incredible. The venue itself was really great. The show was really good. But the city itself was like fine. Oh, the aquarium was really nice, too. The aquarium is cool, yeah. I remember that being... The highlights, I feel like, are there. Where the aquarium, Coca-Cola factory, you know, you got the you got the sports arena right there. You got but actually the basketball team and a football team both play right there, too, in downtown Atlanta. So that's, that's a fun, like, section of it. But even when we went the one time, you know, we had a horrific meal after that concert. Yeah, the food, we didn't really have that much good food there. And just the construction of traffic and roads and stuff like that was really frustrating but the aquarium was cool overall good trip but made me thankful for where we live here and to be back also i feel the same way yeah every time i leave somewhere well i don't live in orlando anymore Uh, god willing i'll be back shortly (laughs) but but uh like i remember like leaving places and being like oh i just kind of like underwhelmed you like i thought like Orlando was it? I used to be like, oh, Orlando's like not that like good. It's like whatever, it's okay. But then when you go out to other places, you're like, oh fuck, like it's really rough out there. Yeah, there's a there's just like a big variety of of what you can get. And then when you're in the same place for a while, you think like it, you get tired of it, and you just want to see something new. But then you forget what's actually good about where you are. Like I think driving here is pretty easy. The drivers suck, but like the roads aren't bad, which I think is important. Like, yeah, like always... the four hundred eight and I four. For the most part, are okay. I four has its rough patches where it should be, where it's like obviously always fucking busy, busy around Disney. Mm. Makes sense. I also think the food here is good, and there's a uh, there's just a lot of good parts about it. But going to Atlanta made me kind of remember that. But like I said, overall, it was, I mean, it's nice to travel. Now I have to get my fucking car fixed. But it broke last year, the same part, and they had to replace it for free because I have like the warranty for it and they were trying mm-hmm. to charge me for it. And I was like, nah, you got to check your fucking paperwork. I paid for the warranty. Like you're going to replace that shit for free. That's it. That's smart. And I think I ran out of my warranty. I don't, I didn't think I accepted any. I remember my dad being like, no, nah, we don't do that. And I'm like, all right, I guess we don't do that. No, I did that. I did. I did. The warranty <laughs> that I have is like bumper to bumper, anything that completely breaks. But I think the warranty I have is kind of like ridiculous. It's like 10 years or 200,000 miles. Jesus Christ. That's so, fucking fantastic. So it's like if anything breaks, they have to fix it. That's nice. That's like that's really good because there's probably a point where they're like, well, we can't fucking fix it. Here's a new car. Yeah, no. So I, I, I did that. I don't have like this, the service covered or anything like that, but like the essential, the essential things. 
you can prepay and have like your oil changes be like in quotes free like how playstation plus gives you free games yeah you can yeah they'd just be included with your payment i don't want to do that though that sounds kind of cool though just showing up and just like getting your oil change on time you know you don't have to like actually like push it only like we're gonna ride it out an extra thousand miles you know dude with enough money you could do fucking whatever you want must be nice so speaking speaking of which it's like uh which i'm sure we'll, we'll talk about later again too but it's something that is fucking annoying is like the early access with games Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it heavy this week because both the crew Motorfest is in early access and Mortal Kombat 1 is also in early access. Both of which suck because it's like I'm going to play both of them, but I don't want to shell out like 120 It has to bucks. be the $100 editions. It's not just a pre-order because I think Correct. Harry Potter started the trend this year with just being a just a friendly pre-order. It's yeah. Well, it's crew Motorfest is either the $100 or the 120 and then Jesus. Mortal Kombat is the 110, is the early access one. Mortal Kombat is a week early, and then the Crew Motorfest is three days early. Another thing that I think is... You're going to make me pay $100. It got to be a week at least. Well, something... I mean, I I wouldn't promote further (laughs) out. I think something that's kind of like shady about it too is, from what I understand, review embargoes don't apply to early access either, because even though the crew is out now in early access, the reviews are not out for the game yet. And I don't mm. I don't know how I feel about promoting an early access period of a game, but also having a review embargo up until what they claim is the launch day, because then you can just have people buy the game early and not actually be well informed on it. Yeah, I think I like I think Starfield actually did that really good where it's like the day the early access was available, the reviews came out like a few hours beforehand, which I think mm-hmm. is I think that's why also, I don't know if you saw this, we're not going to cover it explicitly on the news here, but like the $100 version of Starfield was like charting in like the UK and shit like that, because it was like, it, it was a great, it was a great synergy, you know, you get the reviews out, you get people excited and then you just tell people, hey, you want to, you know, you want to pay a little bit more and you get it right now. And then, you know, people are suckers for that. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, that's why we keep on seeing it, but it's been a successful tact, which I don't like. I mean, the $110 version of Mortal Kombat is the most pre-ordered game on PlayStation right now. Exactly. So, like, that's it's going to work. And Baldur's Gate was doing the same thing. I saw a few people on my friends list, even my limited friends list, because I know mine's is not a, as expansive as yours. But I saw a few people with, like, pre-ordering the... I think it was only $80, but still you're paying more just to get it early. Yeah, exactly. So, I think... For Mortal Kombat, I'll probably do it anyway, but Mortal Kombat, I might not even do it before the game comes out. I would just get that edition for all the characters anyway, because that's mm-hmm. just like a series that I do that for. But for the crew, I'm like, ah, eh, I don't really want to pay extra Hell for no. that. Fuck that. So, like, not to disrespect the crew, but the crew, you know, charging 70 is enough for the crew. I think that that's more disrespectful because you didn't play the second one. I think the second one is good. I'm just saying that it's frustrating to see. Like, it's never fun to see online like, oh, a shit ton of people are playing this game and covering it. But like, it's not available to you unless you like cough up extra money for no reason. That's what I don't like. I don't like being like on YouTube. The whole game is on there. People are going to be like, here's the full car list. Here's how you do this. Here's like me streaming this for 48 hours. And you're like, all right, well, you're there's no reason to delay it. It's just like to make you feel like shit. So they're like, hey, pay $20 more. The only good there, there's a silver lining. You got to look for the for the positives and everything. 
this at least this at least means that people are putting out games that are ready to go day one as opposed to a few games that come out that we've seen like you know in the patch era come out and they're just like kind of like not fully complete products or kind of buggy or not running well with the early access thing it does make i feel like it may i feel like i saw i didn't see anything wrong in terms of performance with any of the early access games like i don't remember anybody showing like harry potter glitches i didn't see that much starfield like stuff no if you don't see if you haven't seen much starfield stuff then you haven't been looking i mean yeah i'm also i don't look i don't like that kind of content anyways like i don't give a shit about like glitches but I'm saying no, but from it's like, like it can be funny. It's not like to tear things down, but like some games have more than others. And like, I mean, naturally, Starfield does have a shit ton. I mean, I assumed so, but I just didn't hear anything from like the people that I was like listening that talk about it. And I trust their opinions and I feel like they would be honest. I don't feel like they have a reason to be dishonest about like being like, oh, it's like uh, like it's not buggy or anything. But but I was again, like, I feel like. I don't know. I haven't Mortal Kombat. Did it just start today? Uh, I'm I would have to check. But yeah, it's a week early and I'm pretty sure that like official releases next week. OK, so I mean, I'm, I would be shocked to see like Mortal Kombat glitches or like the crew glitches and stuff like that. I think that the early access does mean that they have to have a more polished product earlier, which I appreciate. I I don't think there's a correlation. I think that early access is just good because they can just get more cash and like that's like a benefit for them. I don't think there's a correlation to how complete the game is in terms of that. Like MK, I can't remember the last time an MK ever had glitches on release. That's not a game that would have it like regardless. Yeah. The crew, I don't really know about. Baldur's Gate is also just a great game. Starfield does, but that's also just Starfield. But we'd have to like look. I feel like that would have to be a bigger list of like what are the games that have released in early access. But there's probably a shit ton that do and are buggy, but have the well, not early access in the traditional sense. This no, new pre-order early access. Yeah, they are, there's early access games that are like fucked. Yeah, no, no. I know you're just saying like in the week or a couple of days prior to them like coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I know what you mean, but I'm saying that. I don't know if that just means like, like that's, I don't think they're doing that as just like a sign of confidence of like, this is so good, we can do it. It's just, it's like an artificial, just like, it's just an artificial barrier for an upcharge. I think there's, there has to be a little bit of mix because there's also like, that can backfire. Like if it's like shit, like of, uh, I think of Star Wars in particular, which I got like a really big patch recently, and I can now finally fucking work. Which is congrats, it came out literally like four months ago, but now it works. And it's like if that was released early access, people would have been like, I know I would have been like, oh, I'm not gonna get this because it's not running right. Yeah, but like, that's a specific case where I bought it anyway, and like we didn't. I'm saying that because like you didn't play it until later regardless so like if it wasn't purchased you probably wouldn't have bought it no matter what no i would have bought it because remember that was when i bought that island too i told you to do that because it was cheaper for you but it didn't run well so i'm saying i don't understand how... if it ran well i would have played it is what i'm saying but if i knew it didn't run well then i wouldn't have want wanted to like have access to it or get it i would have been like oh I'll just wait for a patch to come out and then buy it later but okay I understand what you're saying, except that's assuming that they would be able to review it and let you know that in early access. But it's not. It doesn't have to be reviews. If it's early access, everybody can stream it. You can just clearly see it didn't ran well. 
Like, it didn't have to be, like, IGN telling me it's buggy. It would be, like, everybody on the internet being, like, oh, yeah, this kind of runs like ass. Yeah. I don't need, like, a I don't need, like, mm. an actual stamped review. Like, if it's out in the streets, the flaws will be, will be you know, well, highlighted. What level are we talking about? Because to say, like, Starfield obviously is very playable, but, like, what level of buggy are you talking about? Are you talking about, like, literally unplayable? I'm talking about just not running right. I think from with me, the main thing is, like, is, like, Jedi survivor fallen whatever the fuck it is didn't run well like i remember just playing it and just being like oh this isn't it's not smooth it's not a smooth 30 60 whatever the fuck it's trying to do it's not doing it smoothly or well yeah i know that the content there is good so then that that would have been like if i knew that then i just wouldn't have gotten it and i would have just been like oh this game runs this game runs well which you could argue is well you could just do that with regular fucking reviews or when, when it normally comes out yeah, that, I think that I think that's why I like why I'm confused on how. But with the early access, I'm saying you have to have confidence because you can kill a lot of day, day one sales of it's like, oh, this is fucking trash. But you're getting more. Uh, you're getting more sales, though, because you're just having people with early access like it's, if almost, it's good. If it's good. Yes. I don't think it's just if it's good. Like, I think there's probably a vast majority of people that are pl- like even Mortal Kombat. There are probably people that want to play it, but just want it even more because they're like, oh, it's early. Like, that's sexier. They have no clue what a review or how the game actually is, but just because it's earlier, it seems sexier, so they buy it. That's why those are the versions that are always, like, pre-ordered most. Like, that's just exciting to them, but there's not really, like... I'm guessing I'm viewing it from my lens where none of the early stuff really pulled me. Yeah. And, and I was, And it's just always been like, oh... It, it, the early stuff to me has always been like, oh, it looks like it's going to run well when it comes out. Yeah. I'm like, I haven't seen anything crazy about these games being like complete trash. Like, I I think we just have to wait and see because there's going to be a publisher that pushes it and be like, all right, we know this. Like, think about Days Gone. Imagine if Days Gone had, you can get it a week early and it was like buggy as hell up until like the day one patch or something like that. You know, like it's going to backfire on a publisher. And I'm interested to see how that affects sales one time. Yeah, I agree. But I don't think there's been a game that's been released in this. Like, because the main ones I'm thinking about are obviously Hogwarts. They started it earlier this year. Starfield, Baldur's Gate, and then Mortal Kombat and the crew. I don't think any of those games are like unplayable or like their performance is so bad that it would like take away from sales. Like they all run and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yes, but I I have zero clue what point we are like talking about right now cuz I didn't I haven't said that about any of the games. No, but uh, my point is I think that if it runs well, if it's in a good, I think it just makes makes game developers having to have a ready product on day 1 if they have to make it ready we a week or two in advance. E- or maybe internally they just view that as the release date. I don't yeah. know. I guess I'm like, we sure can that... move on. I yeah. I, I mean, yeah, sure. I guess I just I was confused at like what you're saying. I was just saying there wasn't a correlation to like how the game runs if it's early access or not. I think that you can't use a hypothetical situation of like a trash game that doesn't exist. So yeah, but I wasn't even meaning like a trash game. I think like. My big, like, again, Star Wars, and also even Final Fantasy 16, like, it didn't run the smoothest when it first came out. Like, if that was more... None of those are early access games, though, which is why I'm saying, like, why is that... 
I'm saying that if those games were early access, I think that that would hurt their sales. If people knew that it wasn't like running the best. That's all I'm saying. But that can't be proven. Do you see That's what, what I'm saying? saying? I think I, I didn't say I was. It is. I was like, I think that like I, I'm, I'm doing like a mental puzzle in my brain. You know, I'm just like, oh, I think that that might work. I think I wonder how I'm interested to see how it works out when the game doesn't run as well as it intended. Yeah. Like if Spider-Man had early access a week beforehand, but it was like shuttering and it was running at like weird frame rates and not smooth. Like how would well, that affect sales? Obviously could... that wouldn't happen because it's like Sony, but I'm just interested to see how when a game does that and it can like backfire. That would probably be like a cyberpunk thing though. Like people would just pre-order and buy the shit out of it, even if it's not good though. That's why I think a lot of that is just like, and it's also not me and you as consumers. Mm-hmm. I think is like it's just people that are excited. There's a for few it. games I can think about that I can do that with. Like Judas is the first one that comes to mind where it's like if Judas can like come out a week early, maybe not a hundred, but if it was like the Baldur's Gate where it's like, oh, get the deluxe edition that's ten dollars more, I'll be like, well fuck it, I'm gonna get it early. Yeah, and I'm not even I'm not even like fully against it. I'm saying like for certain situations it can be annoying. For like MK, I'll definitely do it. But I think that for traditional more I think for yeah, for more like easily excitable consumers, I think that's not like a a thing that doesn't really happen. I think Cyberpunk is like yeah, it would be an example of a game that people pre-ordered the shit out of, didn't know how good it was going to be, but are still going to play the shit out. Like they bought it blindly. So it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt the sales cuz so many people have bought it by the time that they know it's not good anyway. I think is what I'm trying to say. Where it's like yeah, if they can but get I feel enough like canceling a pre-order is easier than canceling a game purchase because even then i think even play i know steam has like the two hour rule what do you mean canceling a pre-order like just like like you i feel like i'm not 100 percent sure but if you pre-ordered a game before it comes out and like complain to the psn like they'll refund your money because i know they do that to a certain extent with like you playing the game i know it's i don't think it's as lenient as like steam's like two hour rules and maybe like half an hour or some shit like that but i i think that there's like rules in place where it's like, oh, like I know Steam specifically does the two hour. Like you can buy a game, play it for an hour and thirty minutes, and you don't like it, you can get a full refund. But like, when would you pre-order a game and not be able to play it? But I'm saying, if you just wanted to, I'm saying that that process to cancel a pre-order is probably easier. Hmm. <laughs> no, I because I, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I mean that's fine. I was just like. Uh... But yeah, I think I don't know. Like, I've never tried to cancel. I know that some pre-orders now, something that is different from before on PlayStation is some pre-orders do take payment immediately now, which is different than they used to be. Mm-hmm. So I know Amazon doesn't do that either. If you pre-order on Amazon, because mm-hmm. we've done that to get a few uh, like Call of Duty betas, like, yeah, they Jeff don't take payment. Jeff doesn't need to know. They know Amazon, that Amazon that. has a fantastic refund policy. Like you can they abuse do. the shit out of it up into a certain. I've like thought about it, but I'm like, I don't want to. I want to be in the good graces of Amazon. But you can like, mm. you can fucking rob Amazon clean and dry. And it's not even like to abuse them. It's just when you actually have an issue, they always actually take care of it. Yeah, they always actually take care of it. Refund. Like I've had like Amazon things where it's like they're like keep the thing you have already now, even if it's not like fully what you wanted. You can keep mm. it and like use whatever semblance of like if it's a pack of something that has that's supposed to have four things and it has three they'll be like keep the pack we'll send you a new one and you have seven of the thing i know somebody 
who uh, I know somebody who opened uh, Pokemon cards and returned them to fucking Amazon and they gave them their money back. Yeah, like Amazon has fantastic refund policies, which I think that the the like online gaming thing should have. But it's hard to it's hard to, you know, because then if you have that like Steam has that two hour rule, there's like you play a game like Journey, you can buy our small indie game similar, not just Journey in particular, but there's plenty of those indie games that have like a 30, 90 minute story and it's like oh well then just fucking return it and that's it Mm. i want to say that they have i think for sony there is a limit i think it's not an outside facing limit but i'm pretty sure if you do a return they tell you like you can do this many more before like you can't do that yeah i think they have a limit and then in terms of pre-orders i don't know what is the defining factor maybe it is early access i don't know but i know the crew specifically has a big orange bold label in the description on the psn store that when you pre-order like it, it does take full payment right when you i think do they're it. probably going to do that now especially with the early access stuff because it's like you're basically buying the game already yeah and then at that point i don't i don't know what the i don't know what sony's grounds are for returns i don't know if it's a time limit or if it's like no time limit but i think it's more strict than steam steam i think is like two or three hours mm-hmm. and then you can just return it yeah i yeah i don't i just never got in the pre-ordering games in general like i never mm-hmm. like it made sense in that in like from what i've heard obviously i was like a fucking child but like in the ps1 to ps2 era where there's limited physical copies of like a game that may sell out day one you want to make sure you pre-order it because you want to make sure you have like san andreas day one when it comes out because everybody and their mother's gonna buy a copy of it so mm-hmm. then it makes sense but in the digital era it does never made really sense to pre-order it I think what has encouraged me to do most of my pre-orders probably within like 72 hours of most releases is a having a review out mm-hmm. and having the ability to preload. But if it doesn't have either of those and there's, I would never buy a game day one or I would wait to buy a game day one. I would never pre-order. Yeah. I think it's literally only mortal Kombat, And that's like, that's just because it's like, no matter what the entry is, I'm always going to get it by every character platinum it. Like, and that has been such a, reliable series that there's no question in my mind that it's going to come out to the expected quality but mm-hmm. even then the pre-order for me normally happens like you're saying maybe like a day or two before it's not even like i do it months in advance and then the only other situation that i could see it happening with this like early access stuff happening which hasn't been the case yet is if something comes out that i care about the story about then i'm gonna fucking do it because it's gonna get ruined for me I'm very interested to see what Sony's going to do with Spider-Man because they have to be watching this and they have to be seeing the money that especially you see the money Microsoft made with Starfield where it's like, fuck, they're you, like, you know, they're going to do that. Do you know when Starfield announced the early access? Just cause I think just because I'm curious, I think on Spider-Man's thing, that isn't like a perk. So I'm wondering if they would have to have a the early access thing, I think, was. I feel like it was like in August. Like, I don't even think mm. it was during like the E3 stuff. Yes. But I'm not 100% sure. I don't have my eye, you know, peeled on Xbox as I do on PlayStation. But it didn't seem like it was a main talking point until mm. closer to release. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I See, like that would be a situation where that would come out and I would imme- I would be like it. The thing is, is at that point, it wouldn't even be me purchasing out of excitement. It'd be me purchasing out of fear. Because then I'm like, well, I don't want it to get ruined. Well, they don't give a fuck. They want you to purchase. But that, I mean, no, fear, is probably, pre- fear is probably just as good as a motivator. They've what? probably seen in research. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that thing that, I mean, even me and you have talked on the show before about like 
Call of Duty and Warzone skins and stuff like that and how they like want you to be frustrated and like a mm-hmm. bad mental state because you're going to spend more. Um, but I guess at a certain point, too, it's just like, is it I mean, what is early access about it? I get that's just also the release date. There's just like a broke boy release date and then there's like a not broke boy release date because nothing is going to change in those couple of days. Yeah, but I do think that there's certain games where it's like I see the value because there's there's been times where like you buy the hundred dollar edition of a game before, like in the PS4 era where you didn't get none of that early access stuff where like it makes sense for a Starfield or like Bethesda title because you're getting the season pass. It makes sense for MK because you're getting the season passes Mm -hmm. like with the crew. Like, I don't understand how like I don't understand how you earn cars or in expansions and stuff like that, but that seems kind of unnecessary to spend $110, $120 on that kind of game. It's going to be like Forza. So like Forza Horizon, I am one of those people who always got the more expensive version. Normally what it is, is basically just like there's a, I mean, even think about it like characters, there's just an expansion that's cars. So that'll be like Mm -hmm. a number of cars over the course of the year that they just like trickle out to you. And if you have that pass, it's just when they come out into the game, you just have them in your garage. Yeah. So I think as... I think that another thing too, where it's like, as at least you're getting some value, you're not getting completely hosed and like literally just paying a hundred dollars for the same product that would come out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're getting, you're getting additional value on top of that. But I will also yeah. say Forza Horizons value is fucking incredible. Playing that game. The, the thing is, I don't even know what it's like playing that game at the most premium tier is mm-hmm. I think so much more is like is like so much more fun than playing it normally because you get fucking wheel spins out the ass like ridiculous (laughs) you get so many more rewards than you get if you play it normally yeah and that that sucks and i think that that i wonder like how that plays into its reviews because it's like you will give a game a nine if you get like this endorphin rush of just like constantly getting stuff but then like the you know base game isn't really not really that reflective of that then it's horizon doesn't have that issue where i played the broke boy version and i had a great time with it and i felt like i was getting enough and the wheel spins came off often enough but yeah i don't know i think i it's it's a really weird time i think the most like concerning monetization thing i've seen from the 2023 year so far is this early access thing because it's the first time it's really kind of reared its head and i'm interested to see how it continues playing out in the industry and how it affects certain games. Yeah. Like you, like you said, I think we'll see it. I think we'll see it more and more if it's for, I mean, there's nothing that we can do to me and you personally can do to affect it because the people that mostly contribute to it are not consumers similar to us. But I wonder if Sony will start partaking in it. They have to, I mean, that's free, free money. There's yeah, that's plenty true of, too. There's Definitely. plenty of people that will do that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I wonder if for if Sony does it, if they will have reviews still come out earlier. I feel like they are normally good about having reviews out early. Yeah, Sony usually does like a week out review. They mm. they have a lot of confidence in their games, and I think that that also always helps. But yeah, no, I think the only way that early access works is got to be the same thing as like a day one release, where it's like I need reviews and I need like. I needed to like preload. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah. I guess I just wish that. I guess the only thing that I wish that, which obviously they're not going to do, I would be. I don't understand why it has to be more expensive. 
I feel like as a pre-order bonus, I fully understand it because you're even getting me in the door before it even comes out. I'm signing on early. I don't know. Yeah, Hogwarts early this year was just a pre-order. Yeah, it wasn't even like the full commitment to like a hundred dollar version, which I don't even think there is a hundred dollar version of that game. But that's mm-hmm. like think about it now. You like back then people were bitching about it early in the year, but it's actually like kind of consumer friendly that it was just pre-order the game. You get it early. Yeah. And I, I don't I guess maybe that's just because that's been in our minds for like a really long time, almost since like. I feel like since like late PS3, early PS4 generation is like you pre-order a game. If there's betas, you get into them, whatever. You can get that early stuff, but it's not necessarily a more expensive version of the game. I think my I don't I don't know if I would even say frustration, but just my I guess like bewilderment is like the more expensive for not really a reason. But I mean, what the fuck do they care? It's working for them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's going to be a practice that's here to stay, which is what is quite unfortunate. I would like I wish they would be I wish we could get like full sales data, like nerdy minutiae numbers. I want to know, like, what's the percentage of people that are like of your sales are pre-orders comparatively to like day one purchases and stuff like that. I wish we could really get like that nitty gritty data. The same thing even like with the strikes and the like streamers where it's like people just want to know the real the real numbers. You know, I think that that's Mm. really interesting. I think it is too. I would love to get some more of that like hard market data, especially with there are like certain things in games that I want to know how they affected something that like 2K does in a lot of games, especially with like 2K basketball and stuff. As you know, when you sign on, you're immediately like met with ads Mm -hmm. over the weekend. They had a free like premium trial for Lego 2K drive. So I downloaded that just like the trial. And you have that like as soon as you open the game, you're met with like a, a splash screen that's like do you they were having a sale on these like micro currencies but immediately i see that and i'm like i don't even know if i even want to play this free trial now i think i think yeah that's a it's like kind of like a red flag when you see that like that's how you were introduced into the game you're like oh this is just like a marketing thing like this is like a this publisher is viewing this as an instrument to get my money as opposed to like a creative endeavor is how mm-hmm. I basically view it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm done with this. This is not why I play games. Yeah. Like I, didn't I don't even... play games to spend money to feel better than people. Yeah. Like I didn't even get to hit start. Yeah. No, they got you. They're like, no, you, you, you gotta get fucking, <laughs> you gotta get fucking YouTube red or YouTube premium for fucking your games. Now you're like, I just want to play the game. Premium's got, yeah. Premium's got great. I mean, maybe, maybe at some point they'll do some shit like that. Jesus Christ. I they, wouldn't doubt I, it. I wouldn't doubt it either, honestly. And you know, 2K, they're they're publishing fucking GTA 6. They're gonna make you pay 150 dollars to play that shit like in a month early. Yeah, We're that's the gonna... rumor, bro. Yeah, the I rumor, know. 150. Well, so let's discuss that, right? Because I don't. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. That was recent. So that was a Grand Theft Auto being charged for 150 dollars is something that me and you saw or like had people tell us me specifically in person i had people ask me about it and i was kind of like hey well like what are your sources because i don't i don't know if that's true or not and a lot of people see it circulating on twitter and stuff like that me and joel like to fuck around there's this instagram account that we really like called never miss it never misses he's always 100 percent right you can always be right on a rumor eventually yeah technically that, yeah t- yeah that's true so never misses like uh affiliated with hoodville and they're very funny <laughs> so, so like their stuff is hilarious so we like it just because it's funny but they're also like oh red dead 3 confirmed confirmed by who 
So this Grand Theft Auto thing being $150, we looked it up because people were telling me they they like see things about it. And I think what was happening was I think it was being posted on a couple of gaming websites, not not websites that me or Joel use as like credible sources per se, but they were more so it sounds like they were posing it as like a question and people were taking that question headline as like this is true information. But looking at the realities now, I can see it 100 not maybe not 150 is a little a little crazy but $120, $100 version of Grand Theft Auto 6, you get to play it a month earlier or a week earlier or whatever the f- I can see them doing it tiered. $100 gets you a week, 150 gets you like a month. 200 you could play it now. I could see that too. I how much do you think if they were to charge more than 70, how much do you think they could charge? Base well, for I, Grand Theft Auto, you're talking about just like the base game, or are you talking about to, for early access? I guess for base, I, I think with Rockstar, I've never considered different editions because I don't remember any Rockstar games that have launched with different editions. Like Rocks, like even Grand Theft Auto Five, having all it's of just those. Grand Theft Auto. It was just Grand at the beginning. That's the thing where like Grand Theft Auto Five was just GTA Five. And then later they have like the fucking shark card bundle, the megalodon bundle, the new business operator bundle. Like when you hit the three dots, there's like 10 SKUs in the PlayStation store for it. So it's confusing. But I think initially Rockstar games are normally just one version. I mean, I could see Rockstar. I could see Rockstar straight up for GTA 6 being like, this is a $100 game. I could get see fucked. That. I agree. And like, I think people would buy it. I think I would, I could possibly be coerced into buying it. I, I don't, would. I mean, $70 is not that far off from, I mean, it's, it's $30. It's a big deal. It is like, not to like shit on like people like that are going through hard, tough times with money and stuff like that. Obviously we're not fucking flooded either. So it's not mm-hmm. like, it's not a big deal, but you know, gaming is an expensive hobby. And when you really think about the hour to like dollar amount, there are some games that are steel. Absolutely. Like when you look when you like you like you look at these huge RPGs and you're fucking playing them for like 150 200 hours. I mean, you paid 60 for it or 70, like that's nothing. I mean, a lot of games are a good value. I think more so than even people know. Like if you play even if you play a game that's only and, Wait, before I don't mean to cut you off because I hate when this is also associated. Not to say that length is the only justification for mm-hmm. value because there are short games that are 70 that are fantastic. Or that will be fantastic and stuff like that. So I just want to put a pin in that because I, I hate when people are like, oh, why is this game? It's only fucking 12 hours. It shouldn't be 70. It's like, shut the fuck up. No, I agree. I was going to double down on that point where like, even if you have a game that's 10 hours, if you spend 70 on a game that's 10 hours and you're actually doing the math, and you're like, OK, so technically I spent seven bucks an hour. That's a really great fucking value if you consider all the different ways you could waste your money doing other kinds of entertainment. When you want to go to the club and go spend $45 on a shitty drink and fucking chicken nuggets, like, yeah, that's going to, you did that in 30 minutes and you regret it. Bro, McDonald's don't even got a dollar menu no more. The fuck? That's true. They don't. Yeah. Like, no, it's, I mean, the only, the only other value that you get that's equivalent to gaming value is the Wendy's five for five. Still unprecedented value in america yeah wendy's got good value they still have the four for four they've got the biggie bag a lot of different mm-hmm. options there i agree oh it's a four for four not five for five I'm but tripping. there is a McDonald's? five well there's like a four for five there's like a four for five where it's four items but like now you can get like bacon on your shit i do the four for four with baconator fries which comes out to like four dollars and like something cents mm. it's not a clean four 
or maybe it's like a little bit above like five something but that's what i personally do and i would recommend it out there to any wendy's enthusiasts mm. you just get the four for four baconator fries you have yourself in a great meal what great time what we're talking about wendy's now obviously yes this is a playstation show and we're going to get into the news but a lot of this deliberation right we're just having a good time speaking about wendy's I was having a conversation. I would, uh, you know, wager to say maybe a possible argument with somebody the other day. Is a Wendy's burger... You've only been around one other person all day. Oh, no, last... Okay, no, no, no. So, <laughs> so no, no, no. Not, it was, this was maybe a couple weeks ago. You're right. Is a Wendy's burger square? Yeah. Okay, yeah, right? Yes. So I said that, and apparently I was met with a vi- vigorous no... To which discussion followed and it ended up being like, oh, it's not square. And I'm like, well, but it is square. Like everyone knows that. Like that's on the commercial. We even walked into the Wendy's and there was like their brand. There was a poster that said, like, do not remove the edges, but then boiled it down to them being like, "Okay, so the patties are square, but the burger is not square. The sandwich itself has round. Were you talking to a fucking idiot? What the fuck? The burgers (laughs) are square. I was ganged up on actually on the other way of everyone. What? Everyone was like, oh, yeah, you know, the patty was square, but the burger itself is not square. And I was like, are we at Wendy's or not? I think I can maybe I understand what they're saying. They don't commit to the square bun like White Castle does, Mm -hmm. but the burger itself is square. Yes. They have square burgers. I agree. The patties are square. The burger's square. You don't need like everything to be fucking square. I think burger, like the word burger and like a burger patty are synonymous. Those are. Yes. So the burgers are square. Case closed. No, that's their whole branding. I agree. Wow. Now fucking talking to mouth breathers over there. Who the <laughs> fuck? All right, hold on. Come on. Oh, if they're listening to this, you know, I don't think you're a mouth breather. But in that one conversation, things were getting heated. Now, I think that back to GTA, I would also pay probably a hundred. I think that games having different price price tags based on what's in them, I don't really have that big of an issue with. I think GTA could do a hundred dollars, and it could be okay. Do I think they will do it? I don't really think so. I think they'll probably just do more similar to they'll probably have a $70 version. And then maybe like Joel was saying, maybe they'll just have maybe Rockstar will now have tiered versions, which I could totally see. And it'll be like, get your fucking, you can get your GTA online shark card business started early and you can pay a monthly subscription so you can get a measly million dollars. Yeah. I mean, whatever GTA does, they'll print money. Yeah. People will buy. People will buy. It doesn't really matter. And they can release a free version of the game and fucking make money. You see it with Fortnite, so why the fuck can't GTA do it? I don't think GTA would ever do that. No, they would never. But what I'm saying is, like, like they could they do could. that and still they, make yeah. money. Like they, like, they can do whatever they want. They're going to make billions of dollars. That's true. I think that... I think that... So, like, so a lot of times we'll talk about live service and multiplayer games, like, coming. I feel like games that will be free to get in are just going to be games that are like really new or don't have anything proven yet and anything that's even slightly proven i think will be full price to get in but you don't think fair games and concord are going to be free that's true those 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 need to prove i think those are i think one of the two are going to be free i'll say this or do we count free being launched on extra because that is because that's like a gray area i feel like it's either going to be free or like launched on extra i think Okay, okay, so One. I interesting points. I think that launched on extra potentially. And you're right and good to call me out on that. Now the one that I am a hundred percent on is factions if it does release will oh, yeah. be full price. But I feel like they've already all but confirmed it. 
Yeah, but I think I'm saying that since that's something that like they don't have to prove anything to anyone, they're fucking mm-hmm. charging full price. The other yeah. ones, you're you're right. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine extra. I wouldn't imagine fully free, mostly because I feel like Sony is still going to try to be like our stuff is premier, even though it's mm-hmm. new stuff. I, it's theirs by a legality, but not really like a team that's proven themselves under their name yet. Yeah, like. I can see that too with the Sony being like the premiere. You pay for everything two hundred dollar mm. earbuds, two hundred dollar portal, five hundred dollar fucking controller, all types of shit. So I can see that, but I think they understand where the money is to be made, and it's about getting as many players as possible mm. in these live service games. So I, hopefully they, hopefully they go against it. Because also, I just I would like to try these games, and I would not want to have to spend money but if they are released do you think they're going to be full 70 i don't think they can do full 70 i think they learned with fucking destruction all-stars that that's a horrific mistake to make yeah i don't think they can do full 70 i agree i think they'll do full 70 like sound like factions or something i don't think they'll do full 70 i i feel like 40 40 or 50 yeah that's fair that's a fair price if it's a good game it's just you hate to see the price on a multiplayer game like that because you're like you know instantly that's killing like 70% of the player base of people that would have been like, oh, I'd give it a shot. Like, I don't, like, you try it, and then, and then you get that addictive nature into it where you get like a Fall Guys phenomena or even Rocket League to an extent because it was launched on Plus too, and the same thing with Fortnite. Where I feel like when there's a price tag, it can't really become that for like phenomena game. Yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah, that's true. I think that if a multiplayer game is good enough, that price won't fully stop people, but that is true. I'm trying to think because I'm just thinking about like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even though it didn't review that well and has a $40 price tag. It's charting decently like it's oh, it's on the for like first list of best selling games it's like people okay. are buying it. But what I'm saying, like, I- I'm surprised by that. And that's one of those things where I'd like to see the data of like, why is that happening? But I think people just like that style of game a lot. And that's a fun streaming game and mm-hmm. everybody can play along and have a good time with that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But uh, speaking about games, Mark, what have you been playing? Well, before we get into what we were playing, obviously we got sidetracked because I went on a, the early access, uh, you know, tangent. How are you? Because I didn't even get to ask you how you are. Oh, uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Tonight is, uh, you know, it's week one of the NFL here. I'm wearing my Jets hat. We are recording on on Monday on 9-11, never forget. Mm. And hopefully the New York Jets put on a performance I'll never forget and, you know, start the new era. Start our Super Bowl winning season. You look good in 1080p here. You got the crisp camera on. You got the crisp camera on. Um, I am actually, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing a show on the road. I, if I do sound a little different or anything like that, I am uh, at Pam's parents. We are dog sitting, and they were like, "Oh, just stay at the house." And I was like, "Oh, okay, never mind." I, like, I don't mind staying at people's houses, and also it's easier. I don't want pets in my living space. Mm. I'm not like anti-pet like all the way. Like I had a dog when I lived with my parents. Right. But you know, she was clean. She was and my parents were also very diligent. They were like me, not like the most friendly pet people. So she was like clean like a human basically. She smelled weird though because of her medicine like sweated through her skin. But she was clean. So we you know we're here watching dogs. She got two big ass burner doodles which are basically like blue who's a golden doodle but Mark knows who blue is, but like fucking, you know how blue is like 35 pounds. They're mm-hmm. like fucking 80. Mm-hmm. So they're like huge, but, but yeah, I'm chilling. It's, it's raining. 
got a nice light pitter patter on the roof. We're, we're you know, getting cozy. We're just here talking about games. I'm having a great time. So yeah, so we'll talk about yeah. Let's get into what we are playing. I am always playing uh, a lot of games, but I want to hear first from you on yours, and then I'll go with mine. Okay. Um, there is no overlap between us, which I do think is interesting most of the time. Most of the time, there's not overlap. Yeah, no, most of the time there isn't. I feel like we do. We we cover a good basis. That's true. But the first one I'll talk about is the one that I have forgotten the most about already. I played Immortals. <laughs> I play, playing Immortals. And that's no disrespect to the game. It is fun. It's fun as fuck to play, but it's like, it's a game that I basically have to realize that this is going to be a podcast game where i play while listening to stuff and not like just like zone out and just enjoy playing it but i'm still like in that i'm still early in. i want to do my first playthrough you know immersed in the game trying to get as much as out of the story as possible but i just i don't think that this game is is that kind of game it doesn't necessarily need that but it's fun super fun to play as i really do enjoy like the mechanics in the world and the powers and the visuals it is a very high quality game um it is $70, which I think it's worth $70, but I think it hurt it in terms of sales. Like if this game was at like a $50 price point, I, I also I don't think it should be, but it would have like sold really well, but it just kind of got, it, it released at a horrific time. It released in between Baldur's Gate 3 hype and Starfield hype, and it just got fucking swallowed alive. And then even the Sea of Stars hype, because that was more like accessible to a lot of people through the services on Game Pass and... um playstation plus so it kind of it's it's a game that came and went you know it's gonna die hopefully that studio gets another chance because it does seem like they made a good game and it's their first like you know game they put out so hopefully ea doesn't shut them down but you know immortals r.i.p i think that the sales are probably pretty terrible for that the reason why i say that and again it, it, it would be a it would be a small controlled group of people so this isn't gonna say for everyone but from my friends list you know when you click into a game on the psn you can see like people on your friends list that either have pre-order or who are playing for immortals you're the only person on my friends list who's <laughs> played the game the only one and i almost never see that i normally see a bunch of people i would say what i would consider to be a successful game i normally see 40 to like 70 people playing okay and then no matter how small the game is there's normally a couple of like trophy people on my list that are playing whatever bullshit even games that me and you wouldn't touch so i was shocked to see this game you were the that's what i'm saying only this person game I'm shocked hasn't been like uh hasn't been taken in from the trophy community because i think it has a pretty it has a you know a nice playstation 3 kind of easy platinum not easy but you know like a like a very clear cut like you know do everything get collectibles kind of like simple platinum like a fun good platinum that i thought trophy hunters would also kind of get around but i don't even think i see i don't see like power picks doing any like content about it or brian from playstation trophies like nobody's doing guides like nobody's talking Mm. about this game i don't know how many people want magic as a first person shooter I think it, you know, honestly, going into it, especially coming off of Final Fantasy 16, I, I can, I don't know if there's a big crossover of people that felt like me, where it's like I was already in a lot of fantasy. Like mm. I need to like get into something new. Like it, it immediately off rip, even Pam when she watched me play it, she's like, "Oh, this looks a lot like Final Fantasy," and I was like, "Yeah, it does, it's kind of it's too much, too much That's fantasy." Fair. I mean, no matter what, I'm happy it exists. I do want to play it. I'm glad that you bought it. I'm glad it's a that, good game. Yeah, a new studio making a new IP, right? It's not really something I'm ever going to complain about. It, it just looks like what you're saying. It doesn't seem like it's performing that well. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. And I feel bad for that guy who's the main actor because he was a part of two bombs because I also do think the Gran Turismo movie tanked as well. Yeah, I'm sure it's I mean, yeah, that's but it was good. It was, it was, it was good. good. Both were really good, but he's just a part of failing. projects. Well, we don't so. know if Immortals was really good because you haven't finished. I think it. I think that I mean, the game is about the gameplay. I don't think the game is I don't think the story is going to fucking. Yeah, 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 blow my mind. So I think it's I think it is a good game. Um, will I ever beat it? Who knows? Well, maybe maybe in a break. Yeah, that's fair. How much have you have you played? Because even if there was no story, like even if it's just gameplay, I feel like if gameplay is good enough, it'll pull you through it. Like it would call to you to play it. It would, but then there's things that I want to actually play. And my percentage, I think I'm like probably like thirty percent, mm. thirty to forty percent. But then there's things that I want to like play to get to get ready for October, like Alan Wake, which mm-hmm. I'm playing, and I'm like I think like a little above fifty percent. And I'm really fucking loving, and I like really vibe with this game, and it's super super cool. But I'm playing the remastered on PS on PS4, but for PS5, there's a PS5 edition, but it's a remake of the Xbox 360 game. I think it's really fun. I think the gameplay is really cool. The atmosphere is really cool, and also I just want to get ready for Alan. Excuse me, I just want to get ready for Alan Wake too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alan Wake is fun. I I finished that, and then I played the a portion of the expansions. I didn't finish it. But I did mm-hmm. like it a lot. I I thought it was really cool. I only played it now. I, we didn't play it back on the 360. And I like the mechanics a lot of like using the flashlight to almost like expose the enemies and then take them yeah. down. I, I think it's really fun. I'll be curious when you get further in the game. Are you what difficulty are you playing it on? Normal, just normal. I think which yeah, I played it normal. on normal too. I'm not saying just normal like in any kind of way. I'm curious because there are parts of that game that even on normal, I was like, I don't know how the fuck you're supposed to be able to handle the amount of enemies that are thrown at you. And I'm wondering if you'll have the same feeling. There has been a few times where I'm like, all right, I got to like lock in and like sit (laughs) up and like fucking dodge everything. And like, you got to use the flare guns. Also something Mm -hmm. I noticed, you don't take your your ammo doesn't cross over our fucking episode. So I'm very liberal with like flare guns Mm. and fucking flares and, um flashbangs i'm like i'm throwing all my shit whenever i get it like i don't try to carry because it doesn't carry over so there's no point so and i think that that's also helping me getting over that yeah no definitely and for anyone who hasn't played alan wake the mechanic kind of that we're talking about which you're given right at the start of the game so it's not really a spoiler but talking about like flares and lights and flashlights is that you have enemies that basically are in the environment and almost look like they're kind of like specter like like almost ghostly and you mm-hmm. use light to expose them and then they become able to shoot and or kill. So like flare guns are really good for massive amounts of enemies or flashlights and you'd have to reload batteries for like single enemies. But I it's a good mechanic that I don't I don't I can't think of another game that did it also. So it's mm-hmm. like a fun twist to just like regular combat. Yeah, I think playing this game, I feel like Ghostwire Tokyo took a lot of inspiration in terms of like enemy design. Hmm. Like, I feel like they both have, like, that eerie, like, hue, like, like it's, like, something that you see in a normal day, everyday life, because then there's even objects that, like, start attacking you and shit, and it's, like, it reminded me a little bit of Ghostwire Tokyo in that aspect, where it's, like, everyday things that are, like, now corrupted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good game. And even, like, and even, like, the light and all that stuff, I feel like it has kind of similar themes in that sense, too. Mm-hmm. That's a great game. I want to play. I want to go back and play because I know they added locations to the map for free too. Yeah, that that's. I mean, that's. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo is a fucking fantastic game. Awesome I think game. 
I think when we did our rankings, I put it at number three for me. I yeah, we did it for last year, and we'll, you know, of course, we're gonna we'll do that again this year. We'll probably have an episode where we go through our games of the year, and I yeah, it was ranked pretty high for me too. I don't remember what number it was at though. Uh, yeah, um, but moving on, the last game I've been playing, the big big doozy, is Starfield. Gone over to the Xbox side, and I dusted off my Series S purchased starfield and i've been playing that i'm about four or five hours in so i really can't speak too much to it but i really do like it and playing this kind of game made me be like i fucking hated that microsoft purchased bethesda just because not only because of bethesda inherently but like they also have um obsidian it's like we don't get any of these western rpgs on like playstation anymore Mm -hmm. like playing starfield like made it very apparent where it's like i have not played a a lot of games like this like we don't get these kind of games anymore obviously we had outer worlds or outer yeah outer worlds not outer Mm -hmm. worlds um that was available to us but now that studio like i said obsidian is purchased by uh, microsoft as well so like they have a pretty strong hold on the western rpg so i'm having a good time with that Learn. There's a lot of systems. People are not lying. There's a lot, a lot of systems. A very, very deep game. I think the story is really cool, and the writing is pretty strong. And I think, like, like I heard. Obviously, everybody heard. I felt like that was interested in the game. Do the main quest. The main quest is what you need to focus on. Don't do like your normal Bethesda thing where you start fucking around and venturing off into the world. So I've been kind of following that, and it has been paying off. And I think that. I think I may. Fin- I think I'm actually going to try to finish this game. Like, I don't think like Starfield is going to be something I play for a little bit and not finish. Like, it's grabbed me and has my intrigue more than Fallout Four did. Mm. And I did not beat Fallout Four after loving Fallout Three. How far did you get in Fallout Four? I got like really far. I think I got to like the mission where it's like you have to pick one of the factions, <laughs> and mm. I was like, I don't give a fuck about this ending. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I remember for the platinum, you say that's where you save, and then you do all the endings, and then you just go with whichever one you want. I, it's good that, that that they're having a lot of people play the main story first. I feel like, I feel like it's, I don't know if it's a weird thing to say, but I feel like main stories are are avoided almost too often. In games like that, where it's like just specifically Bethesda, I think like every like when anybody talks about a Bethesda game, they talk about faction quest Mm -hmm. in like the Elder Scrolls series or like a random side quest that you find like Megaton in fucking Fallout Three. Like nobody ever talks about like the main quest. And I think in Fallout Four, they tried a little bit too hard and failed with making the main thing kind of cool with like the reveal and everything like that Mm -hmm. that happens like halfway through, and it just didn't hit. But so far with uh with you know starfield the constellation crew it it's hitting i think it's really cool now visually i am playing on a series s and this is not a pretty game but it runs it's, i have had no issues in terms of like the frame rate not being smooth but it does look a little rough and there's actually uh, a question i wanted to post to you so i'm here at pam's and her stepdad is a big not a big gamer but he's a big xbox guy so he has the Series X and I've been playing on my Series S just because I don't want to get used to the Series X visuals when I go back home. Do you think that's a smart move? What would you do? Well, is, are you saying like, is it something that you can transfer over or would you just be like testing this? I would just, I would just assume I just log in like you do on PlayStation and just download the game on his Series X. But I'm saying like, can you tra- do you know if you could transfer your saves over? Or would you start from fresh just to oh, see what it looks fuck, like? You're right. That's what I'm curious to... about. 
Well then, yeah, because then I think I need Xbox Live to do the cloud saving and shit like that. Mm. Yeah. But okay, well, so regardless, the question still stands. I don't want to like shoot it down. The I think that if I was in your position, I would. I would probably. I guess I would do it if you could transfer the save over and then transfer it back. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah, but I don't want to get spoiled. That's my thing. Where it's like I just want to be used. Does the Series S quality is what I have, and that's that's what it's gonna be. And honestly, I've been seeing vi- videos of it like running at the highest fidelity, and it's just not. That's not what Bethesda like you know focuses on. It just doesn't look that good, regardless of even how well you have it running. And there are moments where it's like architecturally you're like oh shit this is really cool like the scope it does it has a really good like scope and atmosphere but it's just like the little details that are a little fuzzy i would say that if you if you don't want to then don't and in my position i absolutely would because boy i would do fucking anything to play tears of the kingdom at higher fidelity either frame rate (laughs) or visually but that's the thing the frame rate i have not had any issues with the frame rate is locked and has been like really really good it the no performance issues in terms of in that aspect it's all visual stuff i don't think it would visually because i feel like frame rate's what we care about more nowadays exactly so that's why i'm not really tripping that bad because of like i don't think again also i saw like digital foundry videos where it's like it doesn't they run they run as well like they're both locked at 30 and stay at a lock 30 and it's been it's also been a journey playing this game because it's making me reconsider my 30 and 60 frames per second kind of like you know in my mind i've been like i want to play games only at 60 frames per second and playing starfield i'm like oh this is actually not that bad if it's i think if it's locked if it's smooth and whatever it is it's good but then i think also when you have the options it's always going to look better on 60 because it's like halfway baked on 30 i agree and i also think that this is one of those situations where again for me and you it doesn't have a critical impact where there's no games that Oh, they run at 30 only. I'm not playing them. That's never been the case for me. It's just if there's an option, I'm probably always going to go with the 60. But a yeah. game running at a lower frame rate base is not going to, I mean, that's not going to stop me from playing it. Because it's mm-hmm. the kind of thing where if this is the best that they can do under whatever circumstances that they had, then playing this game is probably going to be better and more fun than just not playing it. But yeah. if I'm playing it and you're telling me I can have it run at 60, I'll have it run at 60. But I'm not going to like put a game down because it's on 30 only. Yeah. But, and so, yeah, it's kind of make me reconsider that whole argument with the 30 versus 60 where it's like, oh, if, it, if it's designed for 30, if it runs smooth, I think it's more about just a game running smooth than anything now. Yeah. Like being locked at whatever frame rate they choose to operate in. Because that was a big uh, annoyance when playing Final Fantasy 16 is that, and it's weird too, the gameplay was a locked 60, but then when you're moving around in a hub world, it like gets like to like, it runs at like 40 something. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that consistency is more important. And I also think that that kind of fidelity stuff is, that fidelity stuff more so comes into question for me for games that directly compete with each other. What I mean by that is like for Final Fantasy or for Starfield, like you're not playing another game that's similar to those. So regardless, you're going to enjoy it. I think, yeah, that helps a lot, too. You know what I mean? Like if you there's not a lot of Western RPGs. Yeah, exactly. And I'm trying to even think of an example. Like I think Gotham Knights was an example, right, where everyone was like, oh, it's 30. There are other reasons, by the way, that that are not (laughs) because it was 30 that you wouldn't really play that. But you have other games 
that you could just play instead of that. So you might not. You might wait for Suicide Squad or you might play the old Batman games, shit like that. So you can't be, you don't want to be replaceable and run at 30. But if you're like, if there's no competition out there to replace you, then it's, I think it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, like Starfield would look bad if like a Vow comes out from Obsidian mm. and runs at 60. Exactly, but that they'll probably—I would imagine—they'll space that out so it's not the case. And I mean, it already mm-hmm. is spaced out because about—I don't even think has a release date at the current point in time. I think they're shooting for twenty twenty four. Is what they're saying. You know? What do you consider a release date, though? Like, I think like you got to give me a no. Day I need number. like a, I need a day. Yeah, yeah. I need like uh, October twentieth, like Spider Man. Like, I need like an actual day, not like you're fucking telling me a year. I don't consider that a release date, but. You know, Phil Spencer saying that Starfield's the beginning of the baton pass. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? I mean, for we'll see. I think for me, I'm like it'll be Starfield and then Forza, and then after that, I anything else has to prove itself. Those are the only two that I'll, and even Forza, they've that studio has bled a lot of people. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I don't know if you saw some previews. It looks like everything is good with this Forza, but mm-hmm. obviously, it's always previews, so they're in the best possible qualities like uh, that they're being showed in, but I think obsidian is a proven commodity. Now, like the other studios, like you know, fable, who knows what the fuck that, how that's going to turn out. And like some of the other stuff, mm-hmm. but I think obsidian is already, I think obsidian and Bethesda are like the two studios they have that I'm like, they're going to put out interesting and good stuff. True. Yeah. I think that in terms of PlayStation, they had a show for this, which I've been playing the shit out of it. And I'm hoping that, their new game will be really good as Twisted Metal. Twisted mm. Metal is fucking incredible. I didn't oh, wow. know that I would like it this much, and I didn't know that it was up my alley this much. So it's hard as fuck when I tried playing it. Yeah, so I I am I'm playing the first one. I'm like 80% for the platinum. I'll probably get it's not it's not very difficult. You can get it in maybe like four to six hours, but just playing the game regular i went into it kind of blind in my mind before playing this i hadn't seen the show what i knew or what i thought about twisted metal is like i know who sweet tooth is i know his vehicle i know that there's a vehicle combat and i know that like there are some you know cool characters or whatever kind of thing i didn't know a whole lot about it to my surprise this game is very fucking similar to a fighting game what I mean Ooh. by that is you, the, first of all, the setup for Twisted Metal, which I know that you know because you watched the show, but the setup for the game is there's a man named Calypso who runs a tournament called Twisted Metal. In the first game, by the way, it's different in, in the games, but the original game is on Christmas Eve 2005 in Los Angeles, a man named Calypso runs a tournament where people come to do vehicular combat and the winner of this tournament goes to Calypso and gets whatever wish they want granted and the characters that you can pick from like a fighting game are just really like out there and creative and the game is very like metal and horror kind of which again is up my alley like i like mortal Kombat and shit like that so you have like sweet tooth you have mr grim like this just guy on a motorcycle with like rockets on the side of it you have like an army sergeant a police officer pit viper but they all have specific names little story there's a guy specter who drives a corvette but he's a ghost and what he wants is to like <laughs> come back to life and so now back to the fighting game the way you play it is you just start and you go through these arena levels where you're fighting other characters or computers 
and you go through stages until you get to an end stage where you fight a boss and then you get that character's ending for the ladder. So it's just mm-hmm. like fighting games where you go through a ladder and get that character's ending. Um, and I, yeah, I love it. It's really fucking good. I'm definitely going to play the second one. I'm going to watch the show. And now I'll probably play Twisted Metal Black also because I was watching like people rank it on YouTube and seeing like what the general consensus of the whole series is. And it seems like everyone thinks one, two and black are the best ones. Those are the David Jaffe ones. Yeah. And so the other ones are seen differently. Now, another thing, too. There's a game that I didn't know about and I learned about looking Twisted Metal up and I want them to bring this back. It's called Critical Depth. Have you heard of this? No, what is this? So crit so Twisted Metal came out in 95 by David Jaffe that came out under the PlayStation Studio single track. Right after they released Twisted Metal, before doing another Twisted Metal, they did a game called Critical Depth, which is an mm-hmm. underwater fight like vehicular combat game. Similar to oh, Twisted sure. Metal where there's all like very specific characters and vehicles but they're all like submarines boats and shit like that and i think it looks like super fucking cool i would love if they put that on i feel like it's like an out there kind of game but i just saw it and i was like ah, i want that i mean twisted metal is pretty out there too in itself but i think something you would like is a colin over at last stand media and david jaffe did like a breakdown of the first game in like commemorance of the show and like with it coming to plus he recently played it too and during that uh, like interview slash you know like it was more like a going back and talking about the making of it was actually mm-hmm. really cool to hear david jaffe talk about like making a game in the 90s but he did say one of the inspirations was uh, mortal Kombat, and he wanted to, wanted it to feel like a fighting game so it's mm-hmm. funny you said that yeah it's and yeah and i didn't even know that but it re- it really does it's it's a lot of things that are parts of my favorite games. When I think of like Doom and Mortal Kombat, both they have a very like hell metal rock music kind of yeah. setting to it. Yeah, Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal is fucking sick. I didn't know. It was... Are you playing it on normal or easy? Because I play it on easy. I'm so get my teeth kicked in. Um, so I played it on normal for my first time through, and then to get trophies, I'm playing it on easy. It is mm-hmm. very difficult, but also depending on what character you use, it can be way easier or way harder. What's a good what's your good starter character? I feel like if you're starting out you want characters that have high health or high armor. So mm-hmm. using and I don't want to like Warthog, which is the military sergeant would be a good one. Darkseid, which is the big the big rig who's like a shadow guy, he's good. I'd say my biggest tip for somebody playing Twisted Metal if they're finding it difficult is on your minimap there is a white X that's like a health station. You can heal and you can oh. just so you can heal and then once you heal you can drive around and those will reset and you can just heal again what the so fuck? if you ever feel that. like you're having a difficult time fighting you can just drive away from whoever's shooting you drive around go heal if you need more health wait drive around heal then go back to fight them that would be my like biggest tip is don't you can drive by and try to get a couple of shots in, but don't sit there and think that you will maybe win that battle. Try to get a couple of shots in. They can't heal no matter what. So you abuse healing. Wow, I had no idea. That's going to make the game so much easier mm-hmm. now. And I mean, the game what doesn't the tell you anything. Yeah, no. Another it's, it's tip, very old school in that way where it's like you just figure it out. Another tip, too, is back when the game was released back in 95 that was when playstation didn't have analog sticks yet so even though you can use analog sticks i wouldn't recommend it because the driving controls on a dual sense if you use the analog 
it'll have forward as you know like driving forward and back as reverse but it will when you're trying to turn using the same analog it'll act very wonky so i would just use the d-pad to steer and the face buttons to drive and it'll control way better yeah i noticed that too that i was like let me i was like i, I remembered like oh it, it was made for the d-pad then i used the d-pad like it's a lot easier to maneuver around mm. but i'm hyped now to watch the show because now like i've I've almost done, I think I have two characters left to play through. And then I've done all the characters. I read, like, I'm into it and I'm like reading all their bios, seeing which games the other characters are in. So I'm excited to watch the show now and see, like, who from the game is in the show, or at least the first season. Yeah, you're you're probably going to get more out of the show than I did. But uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, because everybody's, like, named Mm. and they say their name, like, oh, like, and I picked up on a few names because obviously they're from the first game, but there's characters from the first, second, three, four, and black. Mm. Like, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of everything. So if you play the game and know the backstories, there's a lot of, like, cool, like, extra stuff you get out of it. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So I'll be excited for that. Dead Island 2, I finished. I'm wrapping that up and cleaning up the platinum for that. I think Dead Island 2 is a great game. I would easily recommend that to anyone. I think it's really good looking, which I know that we were just saying that like visually sometimes it's not that important, but it's always still nice. Dead Island 2 is good enough looking that every time I play it, I'm like, wow, this shit looks better than it has like any right to. And it's just nice that it looks that good. I'm I finished the game. I didn't have any glitches or errors with it. The only issues that I had were I had a weapon that I threw and it went through the ground, which sucked ass because that was actually the weapon that you get for beating the game. So that sucks. Oh, but besides that, I've had one visual glitch, which I caught and I might like post somewhere that I thought was funny, but I never had anything game breaking. I thought that the game didn't overstay its welcome. You can make your way through the game in maybe like 20 hours and that's doing most of everything. It's structured in a really good way where it's really easy to play, whether you're playing with co-op people or by yourself. If you are a high level, it scales you to other people, but you still earn XP in a good way. It just, I don't know, it just kind of like feels like a well-made game and I'm re- like, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I I think it's like the perfect, it's like the baseline of like a AAA game. Like it's like, it's. It's the Harrison Ford of video games, is it not? And I would say it's better than that. I like I I think that it's great to a point where I th- I think it's better than like a lot. I think it's it does. I feel like it's a seven point five. The little I played of it. But that's the thing, though. It's like I've played through the whole thing, and I'm like, oh, so this was like really solid to me the whole way through. So I hmm. would view it as even higher than that because I'm like, I think that it kept its momentum and kept its pace and it never hit a point where like i didn't feel like it ever got more boring or anything like that i just felt like i played it the whole time and i was like this is really fun okay yeah that's that's definitely one i gotta finish up too there's just a lot of shit a lot of long shit too Mm -hmm. final fantasy 16 ate up like two three months of my gaming time yeah i mean games are definitely long but i can cross some things off the list right saints row i played a little bit of that i will not be playing any more of that that shit sucks I would not. I mean, you beat Saints Row. I, you can cross it off the list. Yeah, I would not recommend that to anyone. I know that it is the PlayStation Plus essential game for this month. I think it's. I do think that's a pretty awful offering. I know that in name it sounds good because it's like, ooh, Saints Row. Like maybe this is a fun big game. Volition is getting shut down for that, and 
even a year after performance wise, it was running really bad for me. I think from the little bit of playtime that I had, I played it for like maybe an hour right off the rip. It's, it's very ugly. Like even in like the Mm -hmm. 4k 60, it's visually very ugly. The character creator is really weird. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. You can't make your penis big anymore. You can, but it's not fun. Like, (laughs) you know how in Street Fighter 6 you can make, like, fucking abominations? Or in, like, even... I'm sure you can do it in Starfield, too. Like, there are good character Mm -hmm. creators you can make, like, these... This is more so, like, no matter how hard you try, every character looks like a fucking alien. Like, you can't make (laughs) a normal-looking character. Wow, that's rough. Um, so that's I rough. made a character, right? First mission I'm doing, their head is clipping through the like roof of the car. I'm like, right, fine, whatever. It's just a visual glitch. The like dialogue is really not written very good. The first like big action set piece, it feels much worse than Saints Row like three or four, even though it's like wow. a significantly newer game. That's rough. So that's just like not a good game. And then. I would say I've been playing Sea of Stars, which is really good. Judgment, also fantastic. I mean, yes. So that's those are Sea of Stars. First of all, I guess would be a little bit more of a surprise because I thought it was going to be really good, but it's fantastic. And I I love getting more and more into turn-based RPGs. But this has a good way of keeping you engaged in the combat where you feel like you are doing something more than just selecting things. There's a Mm -hmm. nice rhythm of almost... What's almost like rock, paper, scissors, shoe with the how you're matching what enemies are doing. And if you catch on to the rhythms that are happening, then you'll be a lot more successful in fights. So that game's great. Visually, it's stunning. I think music is great. Story is really good. Really excited to play more of that. Borderlands, I've just been playing because I'm always playing Borderlands for like no reason. But they did release the Pandora's uh, box collection. If anyone, do we need to buy that? So or do we have everything in that. I will give the rundown because I think this is important for me and you and for anyone listening because I think that on the store it's confusing. The Borderlands Pandora's box collection is Borderlands 1, 2, pre sequel, 3, Tales from the Borderlands, and New Tales from the Borderlands, and all the DLC. Tiny Tina is not included. Tiny okay. Tina Wonderlands is not included. And if you have any of those games individually, you can go into them and do a $30 upgrade and get the rest of whatever you don't have. Or, But but we have everything, I think, except Borderlands 3 DLC. Correct. So I'm just saying like in general, and then I'll (laughs) say for our situation. Or in general, you can get it for 60 right now, cheaper, and then later it'll be back to 150, which is the standard price. That's ridiculous. I don't think it is for for all of that. I don't think it is for us. It is. I mean, we played all of it, but if you, I know, but it's like it's like at that point, like if you had never played Borderlands, just play Borderlands three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I agree with that, but I'm just saying, like, if you wanted all those, it is a sh- it is a ridiculous amount of content. But yeah, and you could get it for sixty now, and that's like so. They're, sixty is a great deal. Yeah, and they're giving you that option right off the front. So they're not even saying it's almost like if you wait, then like why did you wait? But mm-hmm. so for us. The only thing would be Borderlands 3 DLC that we don't have. Yes. So that would still be $30 because it's like, that's just the one thing we don't have. Okay. Here's what's important though. What I think is important when this, when I saw this on the store, you know, you see the, the image art for it, Borderlands, the Pandora's box collection, PS4, PS5. The first thought that comes to my mind is, okay, well, Borderlands, Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel are only PS4 SKUs. Do they have PS5 SKUs now? They don't. 
So just to be mm. upfront and clear, there you're not getting a new trophy list. You're not getting an updated version of those games. It just says PS4. Unless PS... you pay. No, there's no new versions of those, period. Oh, so it's saying PS4, PS5, because there's a PS4, PS5 of like fucking Borderlands 3 Correct. and Tales. Exactly. Wow. So I wa- that's shady. Yes, I just that's a, one thing I just wanted everyone to know before they buy it, because I did some research on like PlayStation profi- uh trophies and those kind of websites to see if anyone else had been looking at the same thing and there is not no matter what so borderlands one two pre-sequel those are going to be ps4 copies like regardless of how you purchase them it just says ps4 ps5 because there are ps5 games technically in that but even then it's not a bundle you would open it just gives you access to like all those separate ones if that makes sense you're not it's not like it's going to be a new like thing you download and just go in and play them okay yeah, because that that would be the only other benefit is a fresh trophy list. Exactly, that's what I was wondering. But regardless, I mean they're mostly fresh for me anyway. Because Borderlands One and Two, I platinumed on the PlayStation Three. So even the PS4 list, if I do decide to go through them, it's kind of fresh anyway. And I never did the DLC for any of those games. I only played the like base main story. Yeah, and the DLC, you know, is always fun. And also you get the extra characters. That's what I always find the mm. most fun is like being able to play the game through like the new crazy characters. Even though the Psycho was a hard character to play as, which is a fun concept. Yeah, so that's basically what I have been playing. And then like a side note for things I've purchased, but I haven't yet gotten into. I did buy Baldur's Gate 3. I will probably be playing that this week and can report on it next time we meet here. And then today I did also buy Rollerdrome, which I haven't played but I bought it because I'm really loving Twisted Metal and I remember that I did like Roller Jerome and I wanted like vehicle combat, so I also bought that. You know, there is a kind of a similar game in the way they play. Yeah, so that's why I was like, I remember... It's like an arena and stuff like that. It was Mm kind of similar. And I did the trial for that when it came out and I played the whole trial and I thought it was really good. I just didn't like Mm -hmm. pull the trigger on it back then. But now I'm like, I'll probably play Twisted Metal 1 and 2. And I was like, I do want to play Roller Drum anyway. And they are kind of similar. So I'm like, I can scratch that itch for now until hopefully they do announce that they are making a Twisted Metal game. Because I'm I'm like fully in now. Now you're, now you're I'm in. I'm fully in. I didn't know that it was going to be like a fighting game and like have a Mortal Kombat feel with the characters and like all the endings are. So you never played Twisted Metal before? Never, ever. Really? Never. I, I played Twisted Metal Black and I used to love that. That was like a neighborhood like co-op split screen kind of game mm. and that was really fun but i never played the originals but um but yeah no twisted metal is fucking awesome yeah and i didn't know how it it's did. also like the cell damage the other game that i randomly introduced to you that one time well, that's why i love cell damage too and cell damage is really good but i think for twisted metal the like next step that gets me super invested is how like dark and kind of horror it is yes that i love i didn't know cell it was damage that dark. Is dark though it it's dark in a com- comedic sense, though. It's more it's, Twisted Metal's more dark than like a fucked up sense. Well, Twisted Metal Black actually is the fucked up one. All the other ones are funny. So Twisted Metal okay. Black is the one that's the darkest in like all of them. Hence Black. Yeah, because like one and two are dark, but there's like some funny, stupid endings. But from what I mm-hmm. read, Black is the one that was like the darkest. All right, so let's keep on going into the darkest night. And let's get to the news finally. It's been a beefy episode, and we haven't even got to the news yet, but we've got some interesting topicos to talk about. Let's start off with the first one, the one that's causing the most chaos in the streets. Sony is raising PlayStation Plus prices. 
Sony has announced plans to increase 12-month PlayStation Plus subscriptions by as much as 35%. From September 6th, the price of a 12-month subscription for the PlayStation Essential, Extra, and Premium plans will be raised by at least 33%. So let's take a look at their current costs in comparison to the new prices. So currently, Essential is $59.99 a year, and then Extra is $99.99 a year. And premium is currently, or was current in the past, now it's already, this has already taken effect, was $119.99 a year, which I think is fair pricing, especially for extra. I didn't realize it was only $100. That's fucking a fantastic price. But now with the new prices kicking in as of September 6th, uh, PlayStation Plus Essential is $79.99, PlayStation Plus Extra is $134.99, And the one that's kind of egregious to me is PlayStation Plus Premium is $159.99. And also, in just comparison, Microsoft has also increased their Game Pass prices uh, this year in July. And the Game Pass console subscription rose from $99.99 to $10.99. And Xbox Game Pass Ultimate went from $14.99 to $16.99. All right, Mark. I'm good. I'm in. I don't give a fuck. Twisted Metal is so good that I'm like, hey. Um, you'll pay $160 for that? Hold on. First of all, you're not paying $160 for the one game, right? That is, that is That's a huge exaggeration. But <laughs> I don't know if I would have played it if I had to buy it versus not mm-hmm. buy it. And that would be the main perk of the highest tier. So I'm, yes. I'm just saying that I got something very recently, funny enough, for this episode out of the highest tier that for me was a lot of value. So I'm very happy about. Do I think that the price increase is like good? I mean, like, obviously not. You, you don't want to like be increasing the price, but like 160 for a year of premium. I mean, it. I think that anything over. I don't even think it matters like what it is for entertainment. If it's a subscription and it's over 150 a year, I think that's a lot. Uh. So it is it's expensive. I don't know like the value is going to be different per, for every person. I don't know if I can even give I don't know if I can give an honest reaction to this yet even for me until I would be charged with that 160 if that makes sense. Like the mm-hmm. in my mind I already have an active I already have an active membership so until it refreshes like I don't even think about the price. You know? I normally just yeah. think about the price when one day, I think normally it's around April or May, I check my bank account and I'm like, oh, okay, there's the yearly hit. So if that hits and it's enough that I'm like, oh shit, I need to lower it, then okay. But normally it just happens and I'm like, okay, fine. 160, I think for 100. It seems egregious. I think for 160, if we're saying that they're raising prices and something should match that, then I would say that if they do like like what we were talking about earlier where they're like concord and maybe one of those other games is going to be on like extra in addition to whatever other side third party ones that they're doing then i'll be like all right whatever because then if you break that up then it's it probably would like even out if that's what they did if they don't change anything at all then i think that's more so where i'd be like all right well why are we paying more then yeah, and it kind of sucks because it felt like they finally were kind of hitting their stride with premium. Like people were very happy with the mm-hmm. Twisted Metal premium like uh, additions to go along with the show. And then it's like as soon as people were starting to give the premium tier a little bit of slack and be like, all right, they're kind of cooking a little bit. 
they fucking jack it up to like I mean it was what? What was it originally? It was one twenty, now one sixty, fucking an additional forty dollars. That's fucking it's kind of crazy, but I do think that for the hardcore gamers out there, the one, especially the ones that are complaining online, you know, you know, there's tricks. There's tricks in to not pay this. You just when Black Friday rolls around, just fucking buy your subscription then, and you're paying like probably it's one sixty now. You probably end up paying like what the a hundred dollars. Like they usually have them pretty significantly discounted at like forty percent, forty five percent. I could be wrong, but I thought that part of this price increase was they were like, you can't do that. Like they made it, uh, there's so I think that they made it a way where like you can't stack when this goes into effect. Not stack. What I'm saying is buy, just like time your like oh, now yeah, you have your subscription. Just get it when Black Friday comes around. It'll be like seventy bucks or a hundred bucks, but then you'll have like a year and like a year and a half or a year and like whatever months, mm-hmm. and just always like purchase it during Black Friday. Yeah. And you always get it on sale is what I'm saying. There's ways to circumvent this, especially if you want everything, because obviously we want to have everything available on the console. So you got to, you know, put on your gamer hat, fucking think it out. And it's if you're and it's if you're using it. Right. So like I that's why I'm so much more lenient on being like, oh, premium. Yeah, whatever. It's because right now I'm playing a premium game that I'm really enjoying that I don't know if I would have bought otherwise. So currently in the moment, I am getting the value for it. But there's absolutely been episodes that you can go back to and listen to, or I'm sure there'll be times in the future where we're going to be in a drought where they're releasing things that I don't really care about. I think that I would like to see, of course, we're hoping that there's some kind of showcase before the end of the year. And I'm hoping that what we were saying that maybe some of those smaller or multiplayer titles are maybe on like extra i'm not saying like i'm expecting any first party like spider-man shit like that but i'm saying if you're going to increase the price of this then what is the going to be the reason for it because something that we're going to talk about later in the episode actually is so we know that the essential games for this month fucking suck and then we're going to talk about the extra games which i don't think the extra games offering is very strong either there's one that's interesting there's yeah but one that's interesting and so I think I feel like that's enough because I feel like we have everything. But I'm saying so if they, for, if they fill in the gaps. But I'm saying for general populace, like not, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I mean like because uh, by that knowledge, then we'd be like, yeah, Saints Row, whatever. We have, of course, we have other good games, but that doesn't mean that Saints Row doesn't also suck. Yeah. So I think, I think that they're doing this price increase in an interestingly kind of off month for their service but it's being distracted by like people are going to be focusing on new releases anyway this month and next month yeah this is it's a it's kind of a good time too because like you said people are not like people are not going to think about Mm -hmm. that until like that hits their card and then they're going to start like really complaining about it because like you said there's so many new like things that are coming out now that people want to play like spider-man 2 even on like first party alone where it's like we have the spider-man 2 game Helldivers 2, whenever the fuck they decide to announce a release date for that. You got Baldur's Gate 3, you know, you know, Island Wake 2. You got plenty of shit coming out. I think PlayStation Plus, their offerings have to be the strongest between March and July. And then I think outside yes. of those months, they're allowed to like loosen up. Yeah, because usually, you know, this time of the year is crazy. Then mm-hmm. February has always been like now a new historical, like crazy month. So yeah, that March to July is really where they need to kind of be cooking. Mm hmm. But I mean, what do you, what do you think about it? I think it's kind of crazy the price increase to not be tied along with a promise of a better product either. I think is also crazy. 
of either being like, we're going to have PlayStation VR 2 games or we're going to have more uh, like classic games or have like a system. Like, remember when they had us vote for one month for the PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus game? They did something like that with classic games or I don't know. I've... Something to add something to add something to value, not just increasing price. I think, which I think is what a lot of subscription services are doing now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are getting pissed off where it's like, you can charge me more, but can you at least try to justify why you're fucking me over? So yes, I agree with that. And it's annoying. The thing that sucks is since all of them are doing it, you have no power. You can't switch to something else and they don't have to give you any more, which is also, why I think, PlayStation is like, well, we don't have to give you anything else because like everywhere is also more expensive. So it's just mm-hmm. you're going to remain subscribed to the things you're probably already subscribed to. You're just going to pay more now because all these other subscription services are doing it. It doesn't seem like it's just them doing it. Yeah. And another thing that I think I've noticed with companies in general and outside of subscription services, I mean, Pam, we're actually talking about this where it's like, it feels like companies nowadays are basically like, Fuck the pores. If you're poor, you can't afford it. We don't give a shit. We want to. We want to monetize the most hardcore people as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's like it ties into like Warzone, where Warzone One had double the players, but Warzone Two makes just as much money with half the player base. Mm-hmm. It's like they're it's like companies now, even outside of video games, I feel like are very much like if you're rich, we'll cater to you and we'll make sure you have the best experience. Everybody else, they can fuck off, but we're going to like you know get as much money as we can out of you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that there's probably, an, there's probably a good way to dissect that with the new era of like you having streamers and you know like YouTubers mm-hmm. and stuff like that, who they probably all spend a shit ton of money. Also, because they're like, well, I'm going to buy everything in these games and then stream it. And people who don't have any money are going to watch this for free and like almost experience it offhand but they're not even buying it sometimes they're getting it for free uh, a lot of times they are buying it too though like they 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 are buying it a lot of times as well like a lot of times those streams are like hey like we're doing this thing because think about it this way too think about think about some youtubers like i mean even not necessarily gaming but even think about like mr beast for example right he always talks about like a lot of the money that he makes he uses to spend on videos so that they're better so that like people will watch them that's a lot of those streamers and stuff do similar things where they will spend a lot of money if they think they will get the return in views and donations and stuff like that and so i think I think what, of course, it'd be we would have a better idea if we could see hard data. But I think my guess is that because of that new dynamic, you have a smaller number of people spending an exorbitantly larger amount of capital than you used to have. And so they're fine, like you said, just being like, well, we have less people playing maybe, but with the people that we do have playing are spending like a fortune on it. Yeah, I think they're realizing that one whale is more important than like a hundred fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's weird, though. It feels weird. It does feel really it's weird because even because even, even with the PlayStation Premium, it's like I do like the product and I do like what I get, but then it's like, am I being hosed? Am I being like taken advantage of? And obviously, the answer is fucking yes because I'm a like I, you know, I love PlayStation and I like to have the things they have. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm like a fanboy. I'm objective and call them out when they do things wrong. Like I do think that this is shitty pricing, but it's like I still want it. I would say hosed now. I would say pre this price increase, it was not hosed because it like it had been 120 for so long and they had added value. 
when they did mm-hmm. this rebrand. But now I fully, yeah, like now it's the it's the hosing. But yeah. when they restructured it, even though like premium might not have given exactly what people had wanted compared to what had already existed under PlayStation's umbrella for subscriptions, it was better. But now you're on a back foot of like, okay, well, you restructured and it was good. Now you're increasing the price. What's the what's the other turn? Like, how are you going to rebalance that? Yeah, like, I just, again, it's just say you're adding value in some way. Yeah. That's all it is, really. I agree. I think that, that that's an easy way to, like, you know, counteract this. Because I think that that's a big thing with most streamers right now. Where people are just like, I'm getting charged more just because. But that's also, I mean... That's what I to me, that's a lot of what we were talking about with early access, where I'm like, you're charging me just because what do you mm-hmm. mean? It's $30 more to get it a couple days early. Why? And it's not. It, it's a, it's of course. Well, I mean, no, they know I'm not acting like I'm not going <laughs> to act like they don't know. But a lot of it is is because of that. You feel like it makes you feel like you're poor. It's like yes. everyone else is playing it. You're not unless you want to cough up extra change. But as like a responsible, as a financially responsible person, you're like, I don't want to give you $30 for no reason. So then yeah, it's like the yeah. experience is already weird because it's like now this thing that should just be fun is like a fucking. It's like, a, you know, what's the word? It's like a negotiation. So why is instead of it being like escapism, you're like facing the reality to you're being like, I don't have a hundred dollars to blow on this. Mm. And then you're gonna blow the hundred dollars and be like, damn, I wasted thirty of that. I didn't need to do that. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they can ever not that they can't ever get me, because this is that, that that can be clipped out and easily gotten I can be gotten in the next year or so. But I think most games they're not gonna be able to get me. It has to be really like a special game. Like I like again, like a Judas last of us part three mm-hmm. um i don't know I've, it's really it's really a short list of games there's not a lot of games in it and i see some of these games and i'm like eh, i'll just get it when it comes out and i'll do the same but i think it, it still can be slightly annoying oh yeah no it definitely is especially because it's working people are doing it yeah definitely especially because like yeah but there are times when I benefit from it too, but I guess it's like uh, an example where it's kind of different is like the way EA does it. The way EA does mm-hmm. it is like if you have if you have PlayStation Premium, by the way, it's like kind of added in there. But if you have EA Play, if you have EA Play, well, actually, no, EA Play might be separate. Well, regardless, it is separate. I don't have it regardless because I have premium. So yeah, so I have that too. You get the Ubisoft, whatever the fuck. Yes, yeah, so you get Ubisoft with with premium. So EA is different, but I do have EA Play. But with EA Play, it's like you get a 10 hour early access version of their games before they come out without even buying that. That's nice. That I'm like fine with because that's part of that subscription. And you don't even have to buy those games necessarily to have that perk. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the buying that game for that perk, like early. Where I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I mean, it's probably not going to go away. So you just got to be like, it's going to happen. Make your decisions. Distract yourself with something else in the meantime. And then you see, I think another thing that and I guess this is an organizational thing, is when you're on the PlayStation Store and you're looking at release dates, it shows games by the release date of their early access date, not their real release date. Uh, That's also annoying to me because I'll filter the games by newly released sometimes when I'm looking for something, not sometimes, all the time, when I'm looking for something to play and things will pop up and I'll click into them and they're like, oh, it's out 
but it's not out. The early access is out, but the game is not out. But on the PlayStation Store, they count that early access day as the release date of the game. That's bullshit. And you know, another thing, too, is that when those early access games come out, is that PlayStation puts that shit all over all the over. store. That's, that's the, like the first thing you see. That's what I'm saying, though. The way, like, inner, like you know, the way that it is. And again, I, I know that it just has to be that way. But the way that they get such a marketing and publishing, like, blast, um, as soon as that first early access day is annoying. Because it's like, oh, it's everywhere like it's out. But it's like, but it's not. Like, you're everywhere yeah. is trying to be like, it is. But you're like, but there's no review because technically the embargo is not there. And then you're in this weird middle ground where there's not reviews for it. But if you are interested in the game, you don't want to feel like you're not getting to experience. Like, it's just weird. Like, it's like, it does. I feel like it doesn't have to be that confusing. Yeah. I think also people don't have to fall for the hype, too. I know it's hard, too, because I mean, we fall for it. I fall for it all the time. But, you know, just when it comes to games that you're iffy on, obviously, there's going to be certain games and studios that people believe in and always want to play. They don't have like they don't have to have they don't have to be convinced. They're like, I'm going to get the next Naughty Dog game, mm. next whatever studio that I really care about kind of game. Or people are like that with Bungie as well. But um, I think you just need to find the creators that you trust in their opinions and then just wait for them, you know, and see what they say. And then from there, you can make your, you know, your guess, your 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 uh, your choice. But I mean. If you also have the money, you obviously can do whatever you want with it. But I do think that you are feeding a very bad habit and it doesn't get better from here. It only gets worse. Yeah, I agree. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're more so allowing that to be the case. They see that data and they're like, fuck, yeah. All right. I'll do a month early access. Yeah. But uh, speaking about early access, Baldur's Gate 3 mm-hmm. launches on PS5, had an early access, only $10 more. And it launches as the console's highest rated game yet. And it's currently sitting at a 97 on Metacritic for uh, the PlayStation 5. So, Mark, I know you said you recently purchased it. Are you excited to dive into 97, the highest rated game on PlayStation 5? The best game. Well, I'm I am excited to play it, but these scores don't mean anything. Funny enough, all three of the games that we have listed here, Baldur's <laughs> Gate, Elden Ring, and Witcher 3 are all games that I have I love but have mixed not Witcher. Elden Ring I would say I love, but Witcher maybe not so much, but I have mixed opinions on them because while they are critically acclaimed, they all have they all have caveats for different types of people. All of them, actually. Like, I know plenty of people with Witcher 3 that couldn't get into it. Elden Ring, obviously, there's tons of people that just souls games in general. They might like them, but they're too hard, so they can't play them. Baldur's Gate, I'm excited because I think it looks good. And yes, it's reviewed very well, but I just don't know if I'm going to enjoy it once I'm playing it. I don't really have, like... The doubts that I have are not from Baldur's Gate or Larian Studios. It's from that genre. I haven't played a game like that. So I don't know how I'll do with it because I, yeah. I might play it and respect it as being like, oh, this shit is amazing, but it's not for me. I felt similarly with uh, Disco Elysium, where I played a little bit of it and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. It's too much for me. That doesn't mean the game is bad. But so with Baldur's Gate, I bought that because I'm interested in it, but I also bought that because I know you're very interested in it. Even before I bought that, I called you and I was like, hey kind of interested in buying this like you know what are you what are we thinking about how we kind of buy our games and so this one was one that i was like i know that we're gonna want to play so i want to buy it but i'll yeah, probably think, play some of it tonight but we'll see 
Okay. I think it has great potential for like a couch co-op game. Mm. I think that that's like, I don't know if that's like a big thing that's going on. Obviously, I don't think so. I think it's more of like a single player experience or like an online co-op experience. But I think like a couch co-op kind of game like this could be really fun just because it's like the real D&D kind of vibes. I've only played D&D like very like intermittently, like 20, 30 minute sessions in between classes. Mm. And when you do, when you fall for it and get into it, it is very fun. So I will say something dominantly right off the rip. No matter what happens, I'm not saving scumming because I'm not a pussy. Yeah. Fucking deal with your decisions like a fucking adult. The only, yeah. I mean, like if you, I'm assuming there's going to be fail states where either you die or I don't know if it's like your whole party has to die. Obviously, if the game's like fucking game over, yeah, I'm going to reload. But if something happens that I didn't intend to happen, I'm not going to reload. I feel like that's not the point of playing something like that. Mm-hmm. I I agree. But I concur. no matter what, fantastic, very highly rated. Congratulations to Larian Studios getting a game that is like good. Always an amazing thing. Excited to play. And I mean, if I do really like it, then like sick. Now I'll be on the lookout for more games of that genre. That's even with like mid suns, even like. Yeah, and I mean, even that, I just like bought it, but I'm like, I'll play it at some point. It's great to find new games that are like really fun that open up more to you. Like even mm-hmm. Twisted Metal, I'm so excited, mostly because I'm like, now I have more of those to play. Or like when we played Yakuza for the first time, it's like, well, now I have this whole other franchise to be excited about. So I hope I really like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm excited to give that a, sh- a good old try later on this year. But uh, moving on. With the stories, another big game that came out this year was Final Fantasy 16, and Square Enix confirms that not only is there a PC port in the works, but they also have DLC plans. Uh, Nikito Yoshida shared the news of the ports and the uh, expansion at PAX West Pand. Quote was, the one thing that came through particularly strong was how people wanted to see more of Valestia, Valestia's story and spend more time with her and her inhabitants. To accommodate the development team has started work on two installments of paid DLC. Finally, while Final Fantasy 16 was released as a PlayStation 5 exclusive, we are aware that many of you have been asking for a PC version, so allow me to take this opportunity to officially announce the development on a PC version is currently on the way. So, and then they also finished it off by saying that he'll have more on the DLC and the PC versions later this year. So just please stay tuned. But uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. I feel like this was kind of big news. They were kind of teasing this, you know, when, it, when the game first came out and was selling well. They were like, oh, maybe we might do a DLC. And I feel like as soon as they started saying that, I'm like, all right, you guys are definitely going to do it. Um, I don't know how I feel as somebody who beat Final Fantasy 16 just because... I did enjoy the story and it does feel very succinct. So I'm interested to see what the DLC expansions are. Um, I hope they're standalone, kind of like the like Lost Legacy, where it's like a, a mini game. Or honestly, it's like they're doing two paid DLCs, which I thought I thought maybe if it wasn't in the plans, the fact that they're saying two makes me think it was always in the plans. Because if it wasn't in the plans, I thought they would only do one. So, but if they're doing two, it's like I feel like at that point it's almost a game. Just make final fantasy 16 too like they did with 13 yeah i agree i mean i haven't played 16 yet but seeing this i just thought seeing this the first thing that i thought of was i thought about final fantasy 15 and all the dlc on that that i don't know that a lot of people played i'm not saying that the quality of the games is similar i know that 16 is better than 15 but i'm just saying that 
when you have all of those DLCs added on, you get your players will like your players will all have different experiences. You're going to have probably a vast majority of people who played the story and are never going to play these DLCs. Or maybe you'll have some people who play the complete edition, but those people are only going to come super late down the line. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I agree with you. I wonder if you is it is it even more like a fiscally is it even a better idea to work on these and then sell them at a smaller count or just work on a new game and sell higher? Like there's no way your DLCs are going to sell what just a new game would. Yeah, so I agree with you with your point in the main, but Final Fantasy 16 is a weird game where it's like a game that takes 50 hours, I think, probably on average to beat. I think it took me like 68, almost 70. But it has a high completion percentage. Like the trophy, the final trophy to beat the story is 40 plus percent. Mm-hmm. So this game has a great like attach rate in terms of like players that are playing and sticking through it. So maybe they're seeing that those numbers maybe correlate in terms of like, all right, if we get like 40 by the time the DLC comes out, 50% of the players beating the game, then maybe they're going to want to, you know, purchase the DLC or when the PC port comes out, it's like the complete edition and, you know, you get everything. So I think that, I mean, I think it's obviously all fiscally motivated, but I thought it was weird. Honestly, when I saw this news, I wasn't necessarily happy or excited about it. I was kind of just like a, eh, I figured it it Mm -hmm. seemed like they were cracking or teasing it. So it's more now, what is the DLC going to cover? Is it going to be interesting? Is it going to be worth my time? Yeah. And as a side note, we don't have it officially written up, but just while we're talking about this, there was a Horizon Forbidden West Complete Edition that was like spotted in a ratings board. So if you haven't already Mm -hmm. gotten Forbidden West and that expansion, there will be a bundle for that at some point. But there's not like more details at the moment. Yeah, and also remember with that uh, with that DLC, you have to beat the game to play that, mm-hmm. which is funny. Yeah, and that is isn't that PS5 only? The DLC is PS5 only, yeah. Yeah. or the expansion is D- uh, PS5 only. The game itself is PS4 as well. Yeah, so just yeah, just heads up on that. A DLC is if the DLC is good, great. I'm not saying that good DLC doesn't exist. I just think that normally it's unless it's clearly outlined right off the rip. I don't know, actually, DLC's weird because it's like you don't want to say something too early and seem like you're cutting something out of the game. But at the same time, well, are you going to say Bioshock? Because they did it the best. I was going to say, I was going to obviously bring them up, but I'm going to say like DLC honestly had its heyday during the PS3 mm-hmm. era. And then ever since then, I don't think there's been a DLC pack that stuck with me. When, you, when I think about good DLC, I think of the Ballad of Gate Tony, the Lost and Dam for GTA 4, those expansions. And then uh, Bioshock Infinite with the Barrier C expansions. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I don't have any memorable experiences with DLC. I know that some of the Fallout stuff and the Skyrim stuff is really good. I actually know I do the Fallout Alien stuff for Fallout 3 was really cool and I did play that. And I, actually, a lot of the Fallout 3 stuff because I played the complete edition, which had everything in it. So I didn't know what was DLC and what wasn't. I thought all of that was just a core game. So that DLC was kind of cool too. And also how they embedded it into the world where it's like just a thing you go to in the world and then experience it. Mm-hmm. But again, this is the PS3 era of what I'm talking about with DLC. I don't I think I haven't played a piece of DLC that I've been like, oh, wow, this is necessary for like the core experience 
since then. I feel like I have, but with the caveat of the only ones that I've played are in series that have a legacy for having expansions. So I don't even think it's specifically like a... It's even a representation of like it working in a modern era. What I mean by that is like Doom Eternal having fantastic expansions. Doom has always Mm -hmm. been like an almost episodic expansion type thing even back on the pc it's like you would get them in episodes and they would get expansions so that is even like separate and then like you're saying i think bethesda has good expansions but besides that yeah i don't know like the horizon expansion that i played frozen wilds it was fine i didn't think it was like incredible but it was fine the naughty i feel like naughty dog has good dlc but even then it's pretty similar to like how they would do dlc on ps3 so I think the right way to do DLC, especially for like a single player game, is you can announce it like with the game or before the game is coming out and be like, this is kind of what it's about. And it has almost it is not part of that core story. What I mean is like we're going to tell you a different story or something interesting like a side plot. Basically, the worst way to do it is like Callisto and be like, hey, you're going to get like more but like it's, <laughs> this is the core story yeah but it's like the rest of the game like that's not i think a good way to do dlc is you have your full game but then be like if you would like we have some other interesting stories for you which is what i think final fantasy 16 is going to end up being because mm-hmm. it does feel complete like i don't i spent 70 hours with the game i don't think i needed more if anything i wanted less so mm-hmm. and i don't think it's like a net yeah them announcing it is just like okay cool like i don't it's not we'll see yeah. hopefully it's not like meaningless like when i think of bad dlc i always think of spider-man that shit sucks. spider-man dlc fucking trash dude thank you it's so bad i remember so fucking i think trash. yeah the city that never sleeps i played the first episode of it and i didn't even finish the rest of it i was like i don't need to play this i finished all of them because i was a whore for spider-man mm. i had the ps4 pro and everything so i had to yeah and i mean i'm not saying anything against like spider-man spider-man's awesome i just remember playing those and being like nah i'm i'm good yeah. Speaking of Spider-Man, let's skip ahead to the story here. Uh, I know you saw this. This was making the rounds. This is pretty funny. So uh, PlayStation offers Spider-Man fans 19 inches of Venom. Mm. There was a tweet from the PlayStation UK uh, account that said, in quote, treat yourself to 19 inches of Venom and more with the Marvel Spider-Man 2 collection. I like the hashtag. We got we got The whole tweet is only the facts here. So, Mark, how do you feel about how did you feel about this tweet? I thought it was pretty yeah pretty hilarious and they and they know what they're doing there with that right well yes but also i don't like is that what they intended to do or did somebody just be like no nah, i'm gonna have fun with this and then they got a talking to you behind the scenes like i love it when i there's a lot of times you'll see people who represent certain companies social media accounts acting wild like the sonic twitter account was pretty was pretty wild yeah so like shit like that is funny for sure i think like yeah it's funny i don't i really don't know if that was intentional i feel like there is a decent chance that somebody sent that and they're like yo don't do that shit <laughs> but regardless it's out there it's funny right gets the message across spider-man 2 is getting more information now i would say be careful online not that there are like spoilers but sony sony and or insomniac is starting to post a lot of images of the game I saw so, that. I'm like, bro, yeah. come on, we're almost there. So, like, don't do this. They did, a, and I didn't look at them, but I, I don't know what's in them either. But they did a batch of character images, and they did a batch of location images. So I would be careful mm-hmm. what you look at out there because now there's, you know, like multiple images released, and they're not like behind the scenes 480p pictures. They're like 4K stills taken 
and release. Yeah, so. no, it's the official accounts releasing them. Yeah. So those are out there. But, uh, I mean, I'm excited for the game, but I don't want to see anything. Like I'm I don't You don't want 19 inches? I don't buy uh bad dragons or these or the <laughs> what are you yeah, what are we talking about i don't buy like collectibles the collectors yeah, that's collectors. crazy you don't buy the imagined dragons right you don't sit no, on it i don't but i don't so like these figurines and stuff like that they're cool i guess for like the people that collect them i personally can't i don't see me buying them pam doesn't allow me to have i them. don't i don't think you should have them <laughs> I, I i don't want them yeah no i feel like that's a it's funny because we are, I would say we're both like very nerdy and like love nerdy mm. things, but neither one of us have gotten to the figurines. I feel like the figurine part is like, I don't want to be rude. You could be rude. I don't want to be rude. Because... I don't want to be rude to the listeners, but that's, that's a step too far. That's a, that's like a step into the, I don't take a shower on a daily basis. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. You're a smash man. We have self-respect and it's okay to talk shit and not necessarily yeah. mean it, right? Like if you buy, yeah. you buy your amiibos and do whatever you want with them. Like that's not. That's not an issue. But Amiibos is different. Like again, it, it, there's tears. There are tears. Amiibos, Amiibos, and Funko Pops are like dipping your toe into that. But that's like the very casual way of doing that. Mm. You probably take a shower daily. But if you're getting the fucking 19 inches of fucking Venom, you're fucking just sitting in your room. You're spending a hundred dollars to play Starfield early. You're the problem. I actually think that Funko Pop is worse than those larger ones because I think the larger ones are probably higher detail more expensive and you're probably actually a fan of that funko pop mm-hmm. is like i went to target and spent 20 dollars. look at me i'm a collector and they all look the yeah fucking but you're same. not filthy what i'm saying is the filth level i think the they filth are filthy, is not though. there i think funko pop is filthy in my personal experience funko pop is of the most dirty huh i've never i see i viewed it as i viewed it as opposite i've like that's so casual that it's like anybody your mom can get a funko pop i think that a lot of times the most gross You're like i think my mom is <laughs> i think that a lot of times the most filthy are the most casual yeah the filthy casuals like if you have enough money to buy like one of the nice figurines you probably take showers <laughs> you know Maybe, maybe you're not, I don't know. Look, everything that we're saying right now is, you know, for fun, right? Don't buy Funko yeah, Pops, it's a, but it's for fun. Don't buy Funko Pops, please. I don't you have an Uncharted Funko Pop that you like? I think I do, but I didn't buy it. It was given to me. It was given to you, but you did like it. That's know? true. It was given to me, but I didn't buy it, and I don't like collect them, and I don't even think it's out. I think the only figurines that I do have are either gifts or collectors. I guess collector's editions, but the only figurines that I can think of are either Bioshock related or with I have a Fallout bobblehead. I have a Nathan Drake Funko Pop. I have a Boys of Silence from Bioshock Infinite, the like bell head. Yeah. I have that and then I don't I can't remember others, but maybe I'd have to check, but most of them were gifts. Yeah, I think the only thing I have collectible wise physically would be the Halo 3 helmet that everybody had with the Legendary Edition. Mm. And I'm also talking like a lot of shit, right? If you want to collect those, obviously, like, that's fine. I think for me personally, I don't know if I would buy them. Not obviously to be like, oh, like, they're gross. But because I don't know where or if I would, like, display them. And at that point, I wouldn't want to just leave them in a box and they'd get, like, all broken and fucked up. So for me personally, I feel like I would be much more likely to buy, like, Maybe a collector's edition of like a vinyl of a soundtrack or maybe something that I can hang up as art. Like I loved when games come with like maps or a canvas print or something like that. So 
the statue is cool. It's just not personally for me. Yeah, I agree. And I also do think that with like the pricing against like, why would I want to spend like $180 on this like version of the game? So you can be better than everyone else. So you can post it on your gamer YouTube account and tell everyone you got early access and you have a personal relationship with Neil Druckmann. (laughs) He gives you the 19 inches. That's why though. I mean, not why for everyone, but I'm saying I'm sure a lot of it is for people to post and be like, I, the cloud. Yeah, and then you go and you check their trophies list and they didn't even fucking play the game. Exactly. I, you know, I have the most important collectibles. I have fucking platinum. That's, exactly. That's what matters the most. That's what that's what really counts. That's the hardware we want. Mm-hmm. I agree. But speaking of hardware, people are going to have be on hard times at Volition because mm. uh, Saints Row developer Volition has been closed. I know we alluded to it earlier in the show, but it's just a quick you know, in memoriam posts we're going to do here for Volition Studios. They were originally formed 30 years ago, known as Parallax Software Corporation, before changing its name to Volition in 1996. The studio was acquired by THQ in 2000, and when the THQ went bankrupt in 2012, it was then acquired by Coach Media and placed under its Deep Silver label, Coach now known as Pylon was then acquired by Embracer Group in 2018. In its early days, the studio was best known for the Descent series, as well as the Red Fraction games, but it was the Saints Row series. 2006's Saints Row, Saints Row 2, and Saints Row the Third and Saints Row 4 that became the studio's most popular franchise. In recent years, Volition's output has seen less critical acclaim. Agents of Mayhem was released in 2017, to a lukewarm response and an attempt to reboot Saints Row's last year, or to in an attempt to re- reboot Saints Row last year, uh, was also met with mixed reviews, with scores of sixty-one to sixty-five on the review aggregate site Metacritic. So that's a you know, R.I.P. to Volition. Um, we were it's funny we were talking about the two games back to back that are bad. We were just talking about that with. Uh, like studios when we were at um, watching Gran Turismo and we we're just like you can't have the two misses mm. especially with video games how much they cost if you have two misses back to back it's not going to be good and you're not going to be long for this world and that's exactly what happened with Volition with Agents of Mayhem and um, the Saints Row what, what is the new Saints Row called is it just Saints Row just Saints Row yeah the Saints Row reboot like it's just two piss poor games and that's that's what happens especially when games cost so much and embracers in a weird financial group with um i know something we're going to talk about later with uh gearbox being available too i, would be, I was honestly i'm surprised that saints Row even has like a 61 to a 65 on metacritic because like i'm you think it's, that it's bad? really bad like i i kind of i don't want you to waste too much time with it but i would like to see like you spend 15 to 20 minutes with it and it's like oh shit like even when like saints row comes up as a splash i'm like who what fucking designer do they have doing that we can make better graphics like it's Mm -hmm. almost every facet of that and that's playing it now i couldn't even imagine what it was like when you're playing it like day one with the way it supposedly released i think that on a positive note i did really enjoy saints row 3 and 4 i had a lot of fun with those games even though saints row 4 was like the superhero one i thought it played well i thought it was fun it didn't take itself seriously it also existed at a time right before the drought of what would be like a gta kind of style game since we don't really get those very often 
So even if you had a game that was like Saints Row 4 with not that many changes come out now, I think it would be a lot more successful than this modern Saints Row was. I think that, like we were saying, once you kind of fall off and maybe have one bad release, I think it's a slippery slope, especially for developers, because maybe it hasn't been said totally, or maybe there hasn't been like a full study on it, but it seems from the outside like what happens is if a game comes out and is a dud, they lose talent, and then it's going to be hard to maintain talent or attract new talent once you're on a downward trajectory and then if that second game goes then everyone's going to be out so i think that i appreciate what they've done i appreciate that they gave us a couple of really good games in saints or i would say like two three and four and i hope that everyone there is able to find work at other studios hopefully in like a digital sense because i know that this is kind of in the middle of the country like they're not in a tech scene around where volition is placed so hopefully everyone is okay and is able to find other jobs i also did like the red faction games i those were those games that had like the really incredible destruction for buildings yeah yeah those were fun games it sucks to see just any studio close especially when it's been around 30 years you know they're kind of an older studio but you know time's coming change probably not even the original people at volition still Mm. i'm not i that's a studio i don't just don't keep up with that much they they are perfect for embracer even though they did close them down, they're just like that A tier kind of not the best quality, not the worst quality, just the fun. Like they, they play the, they release the filler games in between the big tent pole releases of the season. I also feel with Saints Row, some people might be like, well, the content is too tame. And so like, that's the issue. The whole game, mm-hmm. I think regardless, regardless of the content, if it was more like risque or more crazy with the comedy and like they went all the way to the wall, I think it might have been a little bit more entertaining, but I think it would have veered a little bit too close to like a Duke Nukem style where it would have been like edgy and tried to be funny, but the game also isn't very good, so it doesn't matter anyway. So I think this one was more of just like a the bones that it's built on are just not very good. Yeah, it, it just kind of seemed like that, which is unfortunate. But um but yeah, that, I mean, that's all I have to say for Volition RIP. Hope they, hopefully those people find jobs as soon as possible. I'm sure there's plenty but, of places um, like hiring too, because there's so there's so many new studios popping up all the time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So th- they'll find somewhere to mm-hmm. land on their feet. They might have to relocate, but you know, they can find something. Mm-hmm. But um, moving along, the Alone in the Dark reboot has slipped to 2024. Um the developer pieces interactive went to Twitter to explain why they are delaying the game. And it was pretty honest. And I honestly appreciate the transparency and honesty. And I think it's a smart business decision what they did. Their tweet read in quote, horror games thrive on the eerie embrace of solitude, something that is impossible to achieve in a gaming month as busy as October to ensure a breathtaking experience for everyone. We have made a decision to move the release of Hashtag alone in the dark to July 16th, 2024. All right, Mark. So what do you, what do you think about this delay? I think it's smart on a business sense, but are you disappointed? Are you going to be more likely to play the game now? I would say probably more likely to play it in the new spot because currently if it was going to release in October, regardless of release date i'm pretty neutral on it anyway i don't have a history with the alone in the dark franchise and i haven't seen anything about the game that has pulled me in so it has a much better shot at getting me to play it if it's in a window where there's not as much around it i think it's a smart business move and also for me it's good too yeah 
I think, yeah, I think this is really just smart, and I appreciate the the honesty. It was kind of it's funny when they said to ensure a breathtaking experience. It kind of made me be like like roll my eyes a little bit, like relax. It's like Alone in the Dark could be a good game, but it's not going to be breathtaking. All right, at best it's going to be okay or or good, but I would want it to be a solid game. I'm excited because David Harbour's in it, and we love him from Gran Turismo, love him from Stranger Things. Love him from when he's evil Santa Claus fucking people up. So did you watch that? No, I didn't. Man, but I know it's a get thing. The fuck out of here. Is that that joke that we always say where it's like that shit is mid, but you didn't watch it anyway? Oh, like you yeah, can't. Shit is but mid. you can't say you love it if you haven't seen it either. <laughs> I said we love him from. Yeah, I, I, neither was you saw no, it, right? I, I haven't seen that. I know what it's called, but I didn't watch it. Alex saw it, so I felt all like right. I saw it. He said it was okay. He did watch it. He said it was all right. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he said it was all right. He didn't so say I he felt loves like that's. It. He didn't say he loved it, but I love him from Gran Turismo, and I love him from Stranger He was very Things. good in both of those, I agree. Yeah, so we want to support our boy, David Harbour. You know, he's on hard times, so I got for strike, you know. He's not, not going to be making any money. He's not on fucking hard times. He's, at the, US, he's know. at the tennis open right now with all the other celebrities. Oh, yeah. really? He's doing fine. I wonder, yeah. He's he's kind of weird, because he became famous like later on in life, right? He's he's not known for anything before this recent surge, right? No, I th- yeah, his big surge was with like Stranger Things. He might have been acting for a long time prior to that, too, though. And there are a lot of actors mm-hmm. that, like, like even like Pedro Pascal, he's been acting for a long time, but nobody just knew who he was. Um, yeah. But it also doesn't necessarily mean that they had bangers that we didn't know about. It just means they were in things. I think okay. looking at this, also this post, like the horror games thrive on the eerie embrace of solitude is something that's impossible to achieve. I'm trying to think now. I think that it's very smart for them to get out of the way, but thinking about using it like, oh, like horror games. And I'm trying to think, I feel like even if a horror game releases outside of October, it always hits the best when you play it in October. Yes. Like, I've never, I, I think of like Resident Evil 8 coming out in May. And like, okay, but nothing about that game. Spring. Yeah. You know? Like, what are you doing? I agree. So this is, I, I don't think about that. A lot of times there are certain games that will come out during certain periods that you'll tie them to and they'll like stick with you for a long time because of that. If they don't release similar to that, it's like, yeah, it might be better and maybe you'll get to it, but it might not stay in your mind. It's like, I know, like, for a lot of people, I know for you too, it's like Miles Morales and Christmas. Like, yeah, the game takes place that in was, Christmas, but, like, all of that works together and is really nice. So, uh, yeah, like, I yeah, think no. Alan Wake will hit in October. I think so, too. I think that would definitely be uh, great. And it's also recently, it's releasing right before Halloween, too. It's, like, October 22nd or some shit like that. So, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good good release date. I'm glad... Because I didn't want this game to like release and be like you know destroyed. I also by like all the other games. Yeah, I also do think that this is one of the games that probably would not be able to compete in October. So like that, it's very smart to get yeah. out of the way. They would have got Immortals of Avian and just fucking mm. cut game and work. Yeah, I agree for sure. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Pieces Interactive Studio. But uh, let's move along here to. Uh, our favorite cat game, Stray, is becoming an animated movie, and it's billed as the first Hope Punk film. The media company Annapurna Animation will be handling the project and the production of the film, which will tell the story of the cat-based adventure game. Annapurna's co-head of animation, Robert Bard, told Entertainment Weekly that he's focusing on the term Hope Punk, which was 
originally conceived by the game's developer, Blue 12. Mark, you did play and you did beat Stray. I did Platinum. How do you feel? You platinum it, too. I did Platinum Stray. So, in terms of it being an animated movie, I'll watch it. I'm all about it because, like, I did enjoy it. Can it work? It's, Do you think it so will that's work? What, yeah, so that's what I will get into next. So I, will I, first of all, like, would I watch it? Yes. Played the game, platinumed it, enjoyed it. Would I watch it? Yes. Do I think I would enjoy the movie? Yes. Only if I set my expectations correctly. What I mean is if you have played Stray or even if you haven't played Stray, I won't necessarily spoil anything, but I will say that there might not be a... um there might not be that much to spoil. What I mean by that is that there's not a whole lot story-wise, so I don't know what an animated movie would kind of do. Like, yes, you are going to be following Mm -hmm. the main cat, right, on its adventure. And you could, I guess, theoretically, the movie could just follow the cat through all the locations mirroring the game. But the, I felt, for me personally, I thought the ending of the game was pretty, like, weird. Like, I didn't really, like, they're saying Hope Punk. I didn't really know what they were going for, either in tone or what they were trying to tell me because it was just kind of unclear. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. And you've got to imagine, too, one of the main things with the game is that you're exploring. And um, so, you're exploring. So, a lot of times it's like that's going to be your interaction. But in a movie, I'm wondering, like, obviously you can't have the cat talking, but you you have like a a little like robot kind of with you. So maybe doesn't the cat have like thoughts, though? It doesn't do like thought bubbles sometimes. It doesn't have thoughts, but it has like a robot buddy that speaks to it, which is also like you're you're assuming that like the cat can understand languages. But that doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that how would they carry the dialogue or would they try to have it be like a silent film? Do you know? Do you get what I'm saying? Like it works in an exploration way because you're playing it, but would you have people watch something that has no talking? Yeah, in my mind, I feel like it works best as like a Pixar short, mm. like a short before a movie, like a 15 minute little high def short. Like, because those Pixar shorts can be um, silent and they still have. That's hit. definitely true. I, like, as a short, absolutely, even as a show, but as a movie, I feel like you would have to hold attention a little better. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. I agree. I think that it is. Uh, it it could be interesting. Annapurna has a history with making movies, right? Yeah, they do. So, so you know, they're at least in the right ballpark. So it'd be interesting. Obviously, we've been seeing a pretty solid amount of the video game adaptations with PlayStation Productions, and those have been surprising me, honestly. So, mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to poo-poo anything. Yeah, I think like it could be really good. I think that. I think that like. I think when I saw this, I didn't have any negative at all. I was like, it's cute. I think you're going to mm-hmm. excel. The, ga- the game is very beautiful. So you just have that in an even potentially even better animated. Like, yeah, I'm all about it. I'm just curious if they're going to tweak like the adventure. And I hope they would. Yeah. Make it a little more. Interesting. So do you have any interest in playing it? I do, but it's off of plus now. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I forgot about Which that. Which I don't mind. I don't mind paying for it. It's like only 30 bucks, but it's also like, eh. it's not worth 30. I was like, yeah, maybe if it's on a sale for like 10 or five bucks, I would probably scoop it up because I like I do want to play it. It did look very fun. It, not very fun, but it looked interesting. And it was the cat game. You I know? would pay 20 wants for to play it. The cat game. I think $20 is a fair price. 30. I don't know if I would say it's worth 30. 
Yeah, or maybe if I get like PSN cards and have like an extra like splurgy purchased and I might do stray or something like that. But then it's not even real money. And then it's not even re- nothing. I mean, there's no room. That's money. true. Everything yeah, is it's not real free. money. You're right. I should pre-order every early access game. I should tonight. Yeah, definitely. Why not? Who cares? Just throw, they don't even charge. I'll just card. throw it on the card and then I'll just kill myself before I have to pay the bill. But then <laughs> I played the game. So who really won? You really won. You really won at the end of right? the day. That's what I think. But speaking of people who played the game and, and cashed out, let's talk about our boy Sean Layton. Well, he's not Working our boy for... anymore. He's he not our boy out. anymore. He turned. He's a turn. Yeah, he cashed out and he's working for Tencent. But uh, he had an interesting interview with uh, GameIndustry.biz, where he talked about the three biggest threats to the gaming industry. And let's hear what he said verbatim. So the first quote here is uh, his, when he's talking about the three biggest issues. He lists them out. First, consolidation can be an enemy of creativity he said referring to the large-scale acquisitions and wave of studio closures we've seen in recent years he also said i also think rising cost in gaming are an existential threat to all of us and the entry of non-endemic non-endemics into the sector otherwise known as barbarians at the gate right now we see all the big players going "Ooh, gaming it's bringing in billions of dollars a year i want a piece of that and so we have google Netflix, Apple, and Amazon waiting to get a piece and trying to disrupt our industry. Uh, Layton said later on in that uh, same uh, interview that the industry should take heed of what happened to other entertainment industries, music in particular. He said, by the way of example, he was irreversible was how Apple irreversible irreversibly disrupted the music industry by convincing people that 99 cents per song was a good idea. He said similarly, he said Netflix has disrupted the movies business as well, which used to center around going to cinemas and buying a ticket and getting some content and getting some licenses and nailing it to your house. He said, quote, I'm hoping gaming will be the first industry where we disrupt ourselves, where it doesn't take a Google or an Amazon to completely flip the table. We should be smart enough to see these changes coming and prepare ourselves for the that eventuality. Oof, that was a, that was a wordy one, but I thought it was interesting enough to hear him say this. And we've been hearing about big players coming into the gaming sphere. I do think it's kind of funny with uh, him mentioning Apple because I think probably Apple, like as a gaming platform with the App Store, probably makes more money than PlayStation and Xbox. Uh I wonder. I know that. I mean, it's interesting bring up Google anyway, because it's like they just did Stadia and failed. And yes, I also think that some of this is sounding like the. It almost sounds like somebody trying to be wise without something real to say. I don't think all of this sounds like that, but I definitely thought that listening to maybe like the second or third portion, specifically talking about like the movie industry and the music industry, because while he might be saying things that factually and historically have happened. I do think they're all different mediums that you interact in different ways. And so to just kind of think of them as one-to-one comparisons, I think doesn't, it kind of just makes it sound like you're trying to say something intelligent, but you might not be like, you might not have that point. Like, I don't really know what, when he's kind of finishes up and he's saying, we should be smart enough to see these changes coming. What are you trying to say? Like, can you, what is that change? Are you going to say it? Or are you just like, there's something coming. I know it. I'm not going to say it, but there's something coming. And it's like, okay, well, 
if you're yeah. what is it yeah like i say like what is it that you're trying to say if we're talking about like the music industry yeah i mean we know that artists make a lot less because they are not able to like sell their records so they get a lot cheaper rips on it i don't know mm-hmm. if that inherently has changed the quality of music i would argue that it might have changed the quality of movies music i don't know if i would use that as much i'm not saying that that because i think music has the caveat of the live tour I, yes. and i feel like touring's been going up and they're still making money that I agree way. and it's and that's not to say that them taking money away from musicians isn't shitty i'm saying that is it's of course it's absolutely shitty but i think i'm saying that i don't know if in music i would say the core quality of the product has been fucked because of the way it's consumed i feel like mm-hmm. with movies maybe you can make more of an argument because they're not getting that money either by dvd or vhs purchases or movie ticket purchases and so they don't want to be as risky in what they're making up front that makes a little bit more sense to me but even with games i can also understand the idea of games want to be safer because games are more expensive and people are going more towards subscription services so they want to pay less for these games so companies don't want to be as risky but he is not saying any of those things explicitly. So I kind of read this and I'm like, okay, well, you're saying that consolidation is bad, but you're now working for a company who is an outside source buying small portions of other companies. That's what I was thinking was kind of hypocritical is that he's working for Tencent, who is like definitely trying to consolidate and buy as many studios as possible. So I thought that that was interesting that he said that. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I think it's definitely a fun thing to dissect. I just don't know if he's really, like, saying much of anything. Why do, like, why do you think he is saying? Like, what's his reason for saying this? I don't know. I feel like he's kind of speaking freely, and I think some of the things he said since leaving Sony have proven to be true. And even, like, I feel like Jim Ryan has, like, referenced this even in the FTC trials with like those redacted emails we're talking about the, the cost of gaming just going up too much and that was a big thing that he mentioned on the way out of sony so i think that that's true but then with him mentioning the others the other like google netflix and apple and, and amazon they're each dipping their toe in a different way but i don't know if either one of them can come in and swoop and take over uh without like purchasing one of the like those gaming studios which i don't think they would need any of them can afford like xbox with microsoft because like microsoft is such a big company they compete with those other ones but i mean you can see a google netflix maybe not netflix but google apple or amazon purchasing playstation Mm. i will say my most recent experience with an entity from this list is netflix i did play some of oxenfree 2 lost signals and that actually has like netflix as the splash screen before you start playing it and from that i i mean i thought it was fine i i mean you know, yeah. of course it's not saying that that's going to be everything that's going to come from netflix's kind of gaming angle but i did play and i was like this is okay like there's nothing special about this but it did feel like they were just like so they can get a piece yeah and i and again apple i feel like is a weird one to mention because they're already so they're invested in gaming. They got the Apple Arcade. And then I looked it up. So mobile gaming accounted for 52% of all spending towards video games. Now that breakdown between Apple and Android, I don't know. I'm assuming that it's leaning heavily more towards Apple being a larger percentage of that. But so mentioning Apple, I feel like is weird because it's kind of like discrediting what they're already doing in the space. But Amazon, we know, is trying to make studios and make 
go the more traditional route of becoming like a publisher. Google's tried Stadia that doesn't that hasn't worked. I mean, I, I don't know. Google, I feel like I feel like outside of Google and purchasing YouTube, everything else Google has done has not worked out. Yeah. I also even just back to like the the gaming side of it, I feel like Apple has kind of you mean even for longer than what we're saying with mobile, like I mean Halo originally belonged to Apple. You could play mm-hmm. a lot of games on the Mac. I'm not saying that's like your core place to play, but I'm saying like that's an Apple thing, not just like they have history. It's yeah. kind of weird. You're throwing them in like these these like Netflix is starting now mm-hmm. and making strides and having games even playable within the Netflix app and stuff like that. So that's going to be interesting. To I see. also think that while while Apple is like, you know, one of those like giant companies, obviously, and so is like Amazon and so is Google. There are some of them that, well, I'm I'm obviously not going to defend them because they're first of all they're like mega corporations, and also with the idea that they are mega corporations and they have so many people working for them. Me saying like, oh, I had a good experience is not me saying I agree with everything that has to do with said company. Although whoever can just you know clip this out and say fuck me, right? But like with Apple, <laughs> fucking iPhone's pretty good. I like my AirPods. Fantastic. I like my AirPods. I think the shit's pretty nice with Amazon. Shit's pretty nice. They get good experiences. Prime is amazing. But here is the other side. I don't want Disney in any of my shit. I don't really like Disney. I don't think that they're they're already in. They're probably they're more endemic than the other four. And so I'm saying so like they would be ones that I would say they're gonna come in and I would say lower the quality of some of the things that I'm getting or give me things that I don't want. And Netflix is one where I would say I think they've had a negative impact on movies as a whole. And so like I don't really mm-hmm. want them in gaming space either. But the other big ones, like, I don't know if you should just necessarily be naming, like, the big guys to be naming them, because, like we were saying, Apple already has, they're already doing things in games and have been doing for a long time. Google tried, they failed. Amazon, I don't know, but I know Amazon is trying to get a little bit more into, like, the publishing scene. That's, like, the angle they're taking at the moment, so, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it comes out. I think that the idea of, like, rising gaming costs and that we're going to have to pay for what we want, I understand that, but again, like, is is that what he's trying to say? Because if he is, like, should you just say it or because i don't know what other kind of angle there is the idea that i understand is games are getting more expensive so they're going to cost more and so if you want to maintain that quality you're going to have to pay for that that makes sense to me i don't understand what other thing there could i think be. a better thing he could have bought up is like seeing like he can be like look how microsoft is like bleeding money to make game pass successful mm-hmm. by putting these massive games on it you can see a company like apple Amazon, Google also being able to afford bleeding money to take market share from a Sony or a Nintendo. Yeah. That would have been like a better thing than just saying they're around. They're going to do something. That's true. And again, I'm not saying that he's not somebody who has merit. Obviously, he is uh, trusted or was a very trusted person in the industry, has long experience. So he does know what he's talking about to a certain extent. I think it's just. You know, when you're hearing something or reading something, it's worth it to take a step back and be like, why is this information being presented to me by whatever source and what could like they get out of it? Not saying like put on your fucking tin hat, but be aware of kind of what you're consuming, because something that we mentioned earlier is like it's kind of weird for him to say this stuff and then be like, but you're working for one of the consolidators. Yeah, you're working for Tencent. Like, what are you talking yeah, about? So it's like, I mean, yeah, this looks good, but then like you're doing what you're saying you should be avoiding. Mm-hmm. so that that's all i have for this week mark you want to you want to finish it off with the, mm-hmm. with your 
few little stories here yeah so a couple of things we were talking about embracer earlier gearbox is one of the studios under the embracer brand but they are potentially up for sale at the moment as of the newest reports because it's getting updated kind of frequently is that they Mm -hmm. have a couple of people that are you know looking but they have not listed any of those buyers or bidders at the moment but they're also considering going independent on their own so gearbox potentially might be making their way out if they do also embracer is of course probably going to shut down and have a lot of studios shift around with that two billion dollar deal going through i think gearbox is one that will hurt them a lot i think gearbox is probably one of the stronger studios that they have definitely one of the studios that i think can i mean they release anything borderlands related it will sell decent or good i think borderlands has a pretty strong like branding to it and so to get rid of that i think is tough yeah, I think it's weird because Embracer's selling off the known qual- like quantity or commodities they have in studios. So it's kind of interesting to see what they're going. I wonder if they'll just fully collapse. I wonder if they're like like that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like, are they just gonna like cash out and sell everything? They might. I think it's possible. And then something else that uh, we mentioned at the top of the show: PlayStation Plus, the extra games, or at least some of them, have been leaked via a reliable leaker. This is Bibel Kuhn. This is the person who basically leaks most of the month's essential and extra games. So they can be reliable and trusted. So right now, the ones that are part of September's extra, which will probably be released, I would say maybe a third week of September seems to be the cadence, is Near Replicant, Star Ocean, The Divine Force, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Sid Meier's Civilization VI, Sniper Ghost Warrior Contract Two, and Unpacking. Now, the one game that Joel mentioned earlier that would be kind of interesting is Near Replicant. Neither of us own that. And that is just a good one to have. We have Near Automata, but neither of us have really like played that. But I know it's something worth getting into. I have a minor interest in Star Ocean, so I'm glad that that's there. Overall, though, I don't know if I would say that's kind of a strong showing. But it is also worth mentioning that this is the extra and probably only a portion. There will probably be more games with it, and there will be premium games, probably. I can't say that for sure, because there are months where they don't release premium games. But more than likely, there will be a longer game of extra, like a longer list of extra games, and there probably will be a couple of premium games sprinkled in too. Yeah, you hope you hope they have the premium games, especially after rising the prices. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this week is uh, this month in general on all fronts, all tiers, a little soft. Mm-hmm. But like we were saying, it doesn't need to be the strongest right now because of all the the new releases. Agreed. So. It's it's less egregious just because there's so many new things to play. Absolutely. Are you doing this shit in the dog days of summer? I'm beyond that ass, Sony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. Probably they'll give us maybe in a couple of days. I mean, it is already the 11th, so they would have to announce them pretty soon. I would say probably mm-hmm. by the end of this week, they'll probably announce them. Yeah. And then we'll see that. And then the other thing that I saw today that I caught was X Defiant missed its certification for both PlayStation and Xbox and is now hoping to release sometime in late September or October. Now, they kind of came up on like social media talking about how they tried to get certified so that they could release the game in August, but they missed certification. They didn't go into heavy detail on what that is, but like PlayStation and Xbox were like, you guys are not up to what we need for you to release your game. So they're basically saying, like, we're going to try to certify it again and get it out in September. I think that it's 
I don't know if it's positive or negative, but I definitely think it's kind of cool to be like, at least they're being upfront and being like, hey, or not. Let me say this. Actually, it's irrelevant to them as a studio, but it's just interesting to learn about the certification process. That's why it's not really positive mm-hmm. or negative. I think it's this is interesting and cool because I don't know a lot about this, but I feel like that probably is not a positive thing for the game. I would imagine. Yeah, it seems like a lack of organization, at least from the studio. So you think? from what I read, it doesn't seem like it is. It doesn't seem like it is like they tried to file or something and they missed a deadline. It seems like they had everything filed on the time they needed to, but there are certain like bugs and compliance things that PlayStation and Xbox are like, no, 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 it has to run to this certain level and it failed those certification tests. Damn. So I would imagine, too, it's probably like, hey, we can't have another cyberpunk happen. Like, I'm not saying this game is in that state, but they're probably like, we have to be a little somewhat strict on if this runs yeah, uh, true and at least this one is free to play i think mm-hmm. of x defiant I, so i am also excited just to play this game because this is supposed to be like the call of duty killer the it got a lot of buzz when its beta came out in the summertime for pc i know my little brother justin really did like it and fucked with it so i'm excited to play this so i'm reading a little i'm excited to play it too definitely i want to play it and so I was reading a little bit more, and so it looks like what they were saying was that the things that they need to get for sure working that they might not have down is trophies tracking correctly, which if trophies don't track, number it's one, supposed to, so fuck? it's supposed to miss a certification, which there are games, of course, that come out and that doesn't happen anyway. But this is interesting to learn more <laughs> about. So that doesn't happen. He also mentioned friends lists updating correctly and working properly when inviting, which makes sense. It's a multiplayer game. Now, he said that they can release it on a conditional certification, and a conditional certification is it requires a day one patch, which makes me think Mm. there are probably a shit ton of games that do that conditional and have broken things anyway and then just do a day one patch. But that's interesting. I didn't know that that's what a day one patch is part of. I didn't know that was part of being like, hey, well... It's like a contra obligation. Like, you have to finish it. Exactly. Like, hey, well, let's certify it for release, and we'll just you know we'll get it before then but there it doesn't matter because then it'll be out at that point anyway so that's what the current state is looking at maybe a conditional release with a day one patch for mid-september or late september maybe october if they can pass it damn that's fucked i did not know about the conditional Mm -hmm. certification that explains a lot honestly yeah and it's that's uh, that's why i was like again not necessarily well no this is positive on this like mark rubin that's the person who's kind of took to social to talk about it to be candid about the process because it's cool to learn about because nobody else was clear about that yeah i was always under the impression of i don't know i just i guess i you thought like when a game went gold that disc like that had everything like it had and i know that they would do updates right of course but i didn't know that Mm -hmm. it was like a contractual like we know this isn't done but let's get it through so we can get it out on this day some fuck shit i mean uh, yeah but so this means it's coming out soon if it passes because it hasn't passed certification this is them saying that it was supposed to be out and it failed once they're trying again but they don't know if it will pass or not if it does pass they're saying like soon soon like as soon as it passes pretty much they're like this will be out okay so i'm hyped i'm definitely down to play this will be a fun 
game to break up all the big single player stuff that like high dot like you know jump i also in. really want this to come out i'm hoping actually that they have it come out like late october because i want this to come out near call of duty i want call of duty to have competition because i don't want to mm-hmm. feel forced to buy that shit this year you don't have to yeah that's you can stay that's strong. true except if there's no other shooting games at all to play that makes it difficult Immortals of Avian, right, baby. Come on, that's not, but I'm saying like uh, you know, multiplayer games are. I like multiplayer, multiplayer games; yeah, they're yeah. fun. So I'm like, if I can have competition, yeah. then I'll be like, cool. I will actively make this choice to be like, fuck you, Call of Duty. But then I don't want to roll around to November, and it's like, well, there's fucking nothing in sight. That's and then true. it's like, what if I break? What if Zombies looks fun for ten minutes because there's nothing else to play? Multiplayer wise, <laughs> of course, there's always a ridiculous amount of games to play. Just within mm-hmm. the same category that's true we can you know there's the free war zone updates too so i mean i've fucking heard anything about it i don't yeah i don't know <laughs> but I, that's what i'm assuming yeah you're right I, who knows they haven't mentioned the only thing anything i know Warzone, is laura so. croft is in it if you want to pay 25 dollars for her that's the only thing i know and it's like a new version so maybe hinting at a redesign yeah which is like okay yeah yeah but that that that's all we have for this week. I mean, it's been it was a girthy show. I don't actually see the time clock, so I don't know what it's we clocked 240. in. It's 2:40. It's a little longer than normal, but I think that the flow was good. I think it's nice to have the the healthy discourse because the conversation yeah, just went the, where it went. Yeah, it, it, it's a little back though. The artificial flow. We haven't, you know, we haven't we haven't seen each other in a, or talked to each other in a minute too. You've been busy with work and stuff, mm. so it's a lot of a lot of pent up pent-up sexual frustration yeah you know? yeah you gotta get it out i understand you gotta get it out but uh speaking about getting it out i gotta shit my pants mm. so let's, let's uh wrap this bad boy up mark you have any last closing comments for our lovely fans i uh, know just i uh, hope that everyone enjoyed the episode obviously thank you for listening i'm gonna try out Baldur's gate if it is if you have like some i don't know like hey this makes playing the game easier more tolerable I'm not saying that the game's gonna be hard to play but like let me know right shit like that can make all the difference like joel didn't even know that you could heal in twisted metal i'm not saying that that is an easy known <laughs> thing but small things can help so like if somebody has a tip for me for Baldur's gate let me know i've done that with starfield and i feel like it made my experience a lot more better because yeah, i know i can go on youtube and just be like 15 things you never knew but i'm like ah, i'm yeah. all right yeah, i was uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's better when you get it from the street to more organic. yeah exactly because then i could tell them they're wrong exactly be like what the fuck that's stupid as fuck why would you tell and then me to i'll do, do that? it anyway and i'll be like wow that was really smart <laughs> but it's more fun that way but no that's all i've got all right well that's all we have for this week's episode thank y'all for listening and we'll see you when we see you thanks for listening to the show we hope you enjoyed it if that wasn't a total waste of your time consider leaving us a review on the service that you're listening on as it really helps us out if you'd like to be a part of the show feel free to reach out to us on any of the socials linked in the episode notes You can reach us with your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, and ideas. Until next time, don't forget to keep breathing.